<laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, you tubes. Oh, oh I got a notification on my phone. phone. Well, that says start. I got a notification. I can never find the darn thing anyway, though. Found yeah. it. That's why I should just go to my new URL. There we go. I heard a little echo. Let me see, see if that's, that's still... still. Oh yeah, we, we're gonna get an echo. I gotta turn on. I gotta mute a couple of things here. Okay, okay, good. Yeah. Good call there, though. Right out of the gate. Sound. So we're, we're going yep. live like any time. So how about how long is the show gonna run tonight? About four hours. <laughs> yeah, no. you're gonna hear me snoring at that point. No. <laughs> we're live now, by the way. Just. To... Yeah, we're live. Okay. So cool. Stop saying your ATM pin. <laughs> that was your ATM your pin. I was saying mine. I didn't. Even, I. I didn't even get to change clothes yet. Hey guys, Tilly's Arcade is in the chat. Mr. Frober, welcome to the show, Mr. Peabody. Day. Mr. Peabody. Mr. Peabody. Oh. Wait, that's Mickey Mouse. Never mind. Okay, oh, Sherman. Okay, there we go. Okay, Sherman, set the Wayback Machine for... 1984. 1984. Oh, no. Are we even old enough to know who that is? They played it. They played that all the time. Yeah. In the 70s and some of the 80s. Yeah, but it was a 60s show, right? I know, but they were desperate for reruns back then. That's true. That's true. Desperate. We're just waiting for a few more people to join, and then we'll hit the, the start button. How are things going, Mark? It's great in here, I think. Uh, Texas. Texas? I literally have to mow my lawn or else my dogs cannot enter the yard because the grass is like up to here right now. <laughs> boy, oh boy. It's awesome. Well, luckily, my lawnmower lawn mowed the lawn yesterday uh, all by itself. Oh, do you have a robot? No, I have a Christine. She mowed the lawn. Yeah, I'm trying to watch the live stream, and I've got some old broadcast. I don't have the current one. Oh. Uh, if you go to uh, Arcade Radio, I'm sorry, YouTube.com slash live, that's the that's the current one. So YouTube.com slash Arcade Radio slash live. And it's Arcade without the A in front of it. Right, that much I remember. But we're working on that. You say dot coms on there or just arcade radio? It's uh, youtube.com slash arcade radio slash live. Says this page is not available. What did I do wrong? Oh, I got an extra letter in there. I can't spell arcade even though I know how to spell it. Well, we don't spell it right either. No, I really spell it wrong. There's an S in there. Pretty sure you don't use that. Sarcade radio? I had R-C-A-S-D. There we go. I think we lost Billy again. Either that or he's been really still. Hmm. Time <laughs> skills are outstanding. He's supposed to be on Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi's and the GB's. I'm on the, hey, I'm on the hard line. Arcade Jason, what's up? I almost uh, gave Jason a call. Said, hey, you should be on the show again soon. I think it'd be fun. we got to have him back on. I see Jason... Uh, on the uh, there's a live auction every Wednesday. Oh, should I put on my glasses and look more studious? Oh, I should do that too. I I'm not wearing an arcade radio shirt. I should put one on. You usually do. 
I'm not either. <laughs> I can't find it. It's in I'm my... not either. You guys haven't sent me one yet. Uh, let's fix that. Every guest. Well, he's like he's a backup crew You're now. He's That's like, right. I don't he's know, part of the, he's part of the team. Boy, Billy's really still. He's probably cursing right now. Son of a son of a biscuit eater. Well, at least it's not us. That's what I say. We're right. doing great. I'm trying to get some friends to join, and I sent the link to a few people. Sweet. Oh, I see him again. I gotta do so something if, here. So if I click on this thing on my picture to try to make it bigger, it disconnects me. So I ain't touching nothing else. <laughs> I'll help fix video games, but I ain't doing nothing more on the computer. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Stretch to inner bounds, skill to inner bounds. And close. And yeah, right now the people are like, what is going on with his thingy dingy? I see. He's just Ooh, bouncing all over the place. Uh oh. I'm going to throw this on Facebook, see if I can get anybody in here to throw it up on Twitter. Cool. All right, let's see. What's funny? What can we talk about that's. I don't. Isn't any. there a topic? The topic is magpies. What are they? Magpies? They're Heckle and Jekyll. That's what they are. Heckle, I, I can never figure out. Oh, too. nice. You got a tape. We got to talk about that later. We talk about that later. So he- Heckle and Jekyll, how can you tell them the difference? What the know? hell's a nibbler? Well, <laughs> that's true. One of them is a Heckle. Right. And the other one's a Jekyll. Yeah, but how do you, like, does one of them have, like, a beauty mark or something? There's or? different voices. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it's not like Chip and Dale where, where Dale's got a big uh, nose and Chip doesn't, you know. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. They, they have, there's differentiation between the two of those characters. We're not doing sunglasses tonight. Forget that. Yeah, it's too hard to see. It really is. Well, okay. Um, let's get this. Yes. Uh, let's get this show. Oh. No. No, you don't want you don't want to go. No, I'm supposed to stop you. <laughs> okay, now you now you can wait. wait. I'm not on your mark. Get set. But but what if I'm not ready? This is gonna sound really good on the podcast. It is gonna sound really good on the podcast. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Oh. Hello, this is Brian McLeod. There can be only one Armitage calling into the Arcade Radio Show as part of the Beard Alliance. I see that Tim McVeigh is taking my place this week. Welcome, Tim. The two of us have to work hard to offset the lack of Adam's facial hair. Glad to have you on the show. Someone said, come pick up a Tasmania. I thought they said, come to Tasmania and pick up a cabinet. And uh, so I'm down here in the Southern Hemisphere. I may need to give you a call, Tim, because I might need some help with some snakes. The Tasmanian snakes are nasty, and I hear that you are the man versus snake guy. So, anyways, hope everyone's having a great time. Hopefully, I'll be back on the show next week, and here are all the answers to what's in the juke. Live from KOYR Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota, this is... Oh, someone sat on the board. Intruder alert, intruder alert. Here we go. Hang on to your boots. He's going to come back on July 4th. (laughs) 
kind of like dad punk. A stimulated opponent. Hello and welcome to season three, episode nineteen of the Arcade Radio Podcast. That's tonight, by the way. Today is Thursday, June 27th, 2019, and the time is now approximately 7.20 p.m. Central. Thanks for joining us in the Arcadosphere. I'm your host, Adam Swift. I'm joined by my co-host, Mark Timerunner Shields, and Nibbler world record holder, backup superhost, Tim, I'm not the bomber, McVeigh. And tonight, the esteemed guest of Arcade Radio Podcast is the curator of Crazy Coin-Up on the... <laughs> <laughs> try, try again. Okay, and tonight, the esteemed guest of Arcade Radio is none other than the curator of crazy coin-op eccentricities, Mr. Billy Seven. Welcome to the show. That's you. We're going to welcome you to the show. Welcome to the show, Billy. Did he freeze I, up again? I was doing my Daft Punk there for your entrance. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like he's ready to crash this one. Nice. Good, good. I have my Daft Punk mask. Can everybody still hear me okay if I put this over here? Sure, you sound great. Good, all right. Now you can hear us. I can hear you guys fine. I can hear you just fine. So Your chair, it's fascinating. (laughs) It's not my chair. You sure? Oh, okay. Uh, You are a little distal. I mean, I would go a little closer. No, no, no. That's, what what are you, where are you going? So, all right. am Am I so far back that nobody can see me? No, you look good. All right, thank you. I love it when people say I look good. You look good. I look good, thanks. I mean, for, you know, what you got. So. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> I mean, oh, dang. Exactly. All right. No more so. caveats. <laughs> well, let's kick it off by what you've been working on. Uh, I'll, I'm going to go ahead and start because I really don't have a lot to tell. Uh, last week... I intended to replace my Xenon Playfield with a CPR reproduction, uh, or a classic Playfield reproduction Xenon Playfield, which I bought. It's gorgeous, and it looks beautiful. But then I ended up putting together furniture and cleaning the garage, which is good because now I'll be able to continue on my journey uh, restoration project, um, which I'm going to move backwards on a little bit, actually. Mm. Um, I'm not satisfied with the paint. Still? No. Would this be your third or fourth paint? Maybe my second paint. But didn't you take it professionally to have it done? Yeah, but they didn't. Oh. They didn't do as good a job as I had hoped. I see. So wow. I'm gonna have uh, I have another company work on it. Huh. All right. Yep. It's gonna be the million dollar journey machine. <laughs> I know. But I don't care. It's my machine, and I'm just I'm just not satisfied. So I've decided I'm gonna just do the right thing. You know. RK uh, Jason's selling a journey. What? I think it. I think it's a uh, five thousand bucks. Oh, that sounds like a not like I want. That, I don't want it. That's the going rate for a journey. That's terrible. That's a terrible that's deal. Insane. Yeah, it is a terrible deal. Did you know John Jacobson sold his journey? Well, I wouldn't buy that one because it's got brown paint under the blue. Uh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow, Mark, what you been working on? Well, let's see. I bought a Moonwalker PCB. And oh, it yes. Appears to I love res- that game. Yeah? Yeah. I know. I just played it for the first time. Uh, there's a lot of screaming. Yeah. And there's uh, children. 
Yep. There's a lot of there's some saving. Yep. I don't know what else is happening. Well, he shoots out of his groin. Is that right? I couldn't tell because it happened so fast. <laughs> as soon as you you get that power up, you turn into like robot Michael, and you shoot it, right out of your torso. That's right. And, and then there's a lot of. You know, yeah, exactly. Kind of stuff. exactly. Oh, too loud. <laughs> yeah, so I got that. I mean, I got to buy the resurrection kit, and I think that comes from like New Zealand or something. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, Hot Rod and Black Knight 2000 are still en route from Fastenal, so no updates there. I bought a Tutankham. Toot toot. Tutankham or Tut Tut and Camen. Tutankham. Tut and Cam. Tutankham. It's spelled wrong. Did you know that? I had a feeling because every time I searched for it, it didn't come up. So, Tutan- what's wrong with it? Well, it's supposed to be say it's Tutankhamun, but they uh, they just shortened it. They shortened it. Yeah, there's plenty of room. Very strange. Um, yeah, that was great. Look at that! It's uh, my uh, spider filter. I just put. Wow, I was awesome. I'm stuck in the basement and I can't find my way out. I'm going to do that, too. Um, and then earlier this week, we picked up a landing gear and a great 1,000-mile race, too, which cool. came with a great 1,000-mile race, one PCB. Have you have you heard of any of those last two games? No. They sound yeah, terrible. Land- yeah, well, landing gear, like, uh, apparently, flight simulators were really big in 1995, and they were like, let's make an arcade game like this, and that was a terrible idea. And now I own it. Fantastic. <laughs> It was super cheap, so I was like, "Ah, come on, sweet." That's it. What uh, what what have you been up to, uh, Tim? Um, not a whole lot as it relates to arcade gaming, unfortunately. Um, job's been keeping me pretty busy at work, and summertime's here, so the Sprinter Four Sixty One Gamer Tag that's based on sprint car racing. So we've been trying to hit some races, but Mother Nature's not been cooperating very much this year. Um, we've we've had more rainouts than we have races, and just personally, what I've been working on is. Uh, almost nonstop building computers for people at work, gaming PCs. I've been getting a lot, a lot of my coworkers involved and helping them build some custom PCs and getting them, getting them addicted, giving them the bug. What kind of gaming is it? Uh, like Fortnite or? Ah, uh, we haven't got into that. We've been playing a lot of the Division Two when when the coworkers and I get together, and nice. then Tina and I have been playing a lot of Diablo Three still. Uh, season Seventeen went live recently, and we're trying to get through that and earn all the extra loot there at the end of it. Do you guys have like a no cursing rule, like when you're playing? And... <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody'd follow it. That'd be kind of uh, nice to even say. Oh, that. I like that. I may want to join in. I'm, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, we can get you in there. There's always room for one more. All right. Yeah, I just got a new Mac, so I'm like, I wonder if I can play games on this. We'll yeah, last out. week was a nightmare, eh? Oh my god, the logic board on my P- on my Mac died. Well, I actually got it to work. If I only run three apps. That I had to figure out at a time, I could I could keep it going. So I was able to continue to program. And uh, my wife has a MacBook Air. I was able to like, I really slummed it though. I'm like, it's 13 inches and it's not Retina display. I'm like, oh my god, it's like, it's like 2007 now. You know. <laughs> hey Billy, what are you working on? Uh, broken games. Nice. Oh no, you have broken games. <laughs> I repaired a Tempest that was uh, in need of repair. That was my big project this past week. What it, nice. what uh, was a monitor or was it the boards? AR2 boards? Nope, nope. Uh, actually, the uh, uh, I forget what the chip is, but it's um, used for the uh, 
not the control inputs, mm-hmm. but the coin. Uh, there's also a clock signal on it, a halt signal, and oh. it was at Actum Wiggy. So what happens is you get some of your picture, not all of your picture. You can put the game in free play. It'll play. Everything works, but uh, it's messing with uh, the input. So luckily it was that, but it could have been, you know, everything's so buffered, so it could be a number of things. But I got lucky. Nice. That's good. Yeah. Anybody else here ever tangled with a Tempest? I have. I have. Never yeah. worked on one, but I've played quite a few of them. I've been lucky. My board has only had problems with the, uh, I don't know, what those, what are they, the 6502 chips? Oh, yeah. The, and then... Uh, are those the audio amps? No, they're CPUs. Oh, they are. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like a there's like a PIO chip. I can't remember what it's called, but it actually drives the controls that went out on it. The pokey? Yeah. Oh, it could be the pokey, but they Yeah, I guess it is the pokey, isn't it? I, do well, I, we we could figure it out. I got the schematics right here. <laughs> yeah, let's pull that. I out. can't read anymore, so I have to blow everything up. <laughs> well, I know who to talk to when I start working on my Smash TV then. The video's out on that. Uh, yeah, Man. so and then uh, the 6100 I had to rebuild. That was an adventure. But I did it myself. And I also rebuilt the AR2. Nice. And I also rebuilt the power supply. Wow. Isn't the AR2 the power supply? Oh, you mean the brick. The brick. I call that the supply. I know. Uh-huh. I know. It's, I mean, I guess uh, the, the... The transformer holds the power. It's the thing yeah. that supplies the rest of the friggin' machine with power. So it's semantics. Some people call it a brick. I call it a brick. Uh, I mean, the AR2 is technically an audio regulator board. That's true. Well, so. I mean, partial. On half of it, right? Right. Yeah. We're nice. so nerdy today. Uh, I don't even What's know. What's that diode on the power brick? I forget. Mine's broken on my uh, Gravitar. The, the four-way diode. What are those called? I don't know. You know. Oh, dang it. Okay, we'll come back to that later. We will? Yeah, because well, if, we're if it's just about... a regular bridge rectifier diode, yeah, it's that's four, it. Bridge, bridge four thousand. Yeah, yeah, those suckers. Yeah. Should we move on to the next segment? Gonna... Moving on. All right. Yes, I think I think people would like that. Channels to Israel, government, business, merger, refugee, oil supply, defense, the clan, education, strike, crime, riot, candid science, celebrity, the earth, the universe, the news channel. Today I'm Bob Kang. And I'm Jim Walker. System. This is the news channel. We interrupt the ventilated all. And now, the arcade news with Brian McLeod. Uh, I guess I'll fill in for Brian since he's not around. So, uh, on June 5th, Michigan Live reported that a former strip club in Michigan is ready to reopen as an arcade bar. <laughs> That's right, Jackson, Michigan. Not. Do you, do you get cocktail table dances there? Uh, I'm not sure, <laughs> but that's actually a good idea. Oh. Go to the cocktail lounge, have a little cocktail table dancing. So apparently, at 146 West Michigan Avenue, uh, this location has always stood out. Uh, a giant yellow sign for the Dr. Don's famous door strip club was perched on downtown Jackson's main drag for many years. That sign came down in 2016 and was replaced with a new red facade with a bright red light in the shape of a high-heeled shoe as the strip girl <laughs> cl- 
Club was rebranded the Ruby Slipper. So it's been not one, but two strip clubs. And uh, I guess the arcade bar has uh, taken over. And now uh, 25 pinball machines and about a dozen arcade games like Pac-Man and Donkey Kong, if you've heard of those, are going to be uh, uh, 50 cents to a dollar, with arcade games uh, being 25 cents. So... Nice. He says he wanted them to be about the same as they were when he was a kid. So the the owner said so. He he just made sure that they were all twenty five cents or fifty cents or a dollar, or two dollars or fifty dollars or whatever they were. Twenty slip a twenty in there and you get something special or is it? uh, (laughs) No, but customers do have to be eighteen years of older and accompanied by an adult. Wait, no that, way. Or, or accompanied by an adult. Now you don't. If you're 18, you don't have to be accompanied by an adult. Right. But so if you're 17, you can get in there with your mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> because if you're 17, you're not going anywhere with your parents. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's like a good window where that doesn't even need, need to happen. So. Yeah, but back in the day, arcades that wasn't uncommon. You know, between well, the true, the truancy, yeah, and then late night. Yeah, but uh, I mean, what was okay? I went to Aladdin's Castle as a kid, and my prime uh, visiting days were from the ages like thirteen to sixteen, right? Those are those are probably when I was like flying solo. So my parents would drop us at the arcade, and we would hang out with all these strange kids. Uh, oh my god! My parents were not there though. You know, we were just did trusted. They, you know. Did they still have Valley Fair back then? <laughs> yeah. So you, so you could have been dropped off a of Valley Fair though. Well, that well. too. We did that when I was uh, when I was thirteen. I had a season pass for when I was thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen. I had uh-huh. season passes, and so our parents would drop us off at Valley Fair, and we would just go hang out with all our friends. Yes. Yeah. Were there arcades? Sorry, Billy. Go ahead. There was an no arcade. Yeah. I was just going to say real quick that we did. Uh, if you went to like a bowling alley here in Minnesota, that was a, a good place to find pinball as a kid. And as you got later into the evening, you'd have to have a parent with you or they'd boot you or downtown Minneapolis. Same thing at some of the arcades and places like that. Sure. Nice. Memory Lanes, was that was that around in the 80s? I know I'm like dating yep. myself. It wasn't oh, called wow. Memory Lanes. It was Stardust Lanes. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Cool. Yeah. Shout and out it, to Memory Lanes. And that was... Um, that was... Kitty Corner from Norma Jean's nightclub and, and TNT Mirage. nightclub and Mirage, yeah, and those and that were, Studio Eighty, yep. Oh wow! And they they all sort of were a flash in the pan though. They cropped up in the late eighties and disappeared in the mid nineties. So except for the Lebowski Speed of Sound stop there, <laughs> Speed of Sound tour. <laughs> yeah. So Tim, uh, over to you. Uh, this next this next article. So, via Kotaku, uh, want to really surprise your significant other with a trip to Japan as an apology for buying that Willy Wonka? <laughs> well, now you can mix vacation, romance, sex, and arcade games. Oh, do tell. <laughs> wow. Love hotels in Japan are places where folks can go and have sex, and Hotel Eldia has decided to mix these with arcade games. Room 211 comes with its own DDR machine, and you can rent this for less than $80. Naked DDR, I'm pretty sure that's not a good thing. Especially as you're sweating. Yeah, it depends oh, wow, on who's wow, doing man. the DDR. I slipped on my butt sweat. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's not uh, something I ever figured arcade games would be involved in. I, I just, 
the two news articles are just terrible today. <laughs> They're just about. I know, and that's it too. <laughs> hey, at least they flow together. This. <laughs> oh, this next section's gonna flow. <laughs> it's just down the toilet. No, no, we should not be using the word flow. Ah, <laughs> uh, my aunt. No, never mind. <laughs> Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter mile. Back, back to the cave <laughs> with, with Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Yes, there is, Doc. A huge problem. And the problem is butt sweat. Hey! No! Oh, oh! Hey! Uh, so we're, we're going to set the time circuits to June 27th. 1984. How many years ago is that? 35? Oh my god. <laughs> I can't believe <laughs> 35. that we have not brought this up, given that this game is such a huge part of the show. But around this time in 1984, Data East released Tech News Karate Champ. And, and there's, a, there's a line above the O in Tech News. Am I saying that right? Tech News? I don't know. I, Anybody? Uh... I don't know. I was kind of gone from the scene by then, so I remember the game. I seen it later, but not when it was That's right. You knew girls then. That was a uh, out of it. I Twin knew. Galaxies was my local arcade, and they were gone by then, so that was kind of that was it. That's an incredibly bad time for them to go. Man. It was within three months of the the billion point game, they were gone. That's <laughs> cool that you were there, though. Yeah, I got to enjoy it for a while. It, it was a cool place and a cool time for sure. Did you go to the reunion thing like two, three, four, five years ago? I've went to several of them. Um, it, it's been kind of a neat thing over the years. Uh, a lot of the people I remember coming up there as a kid, and then there's a lot of people that I never got a chance to meet as a kid, and we're getting to meet now because a lot of them are coming out to you know, to meet Walter Day and, and meet the people that were there and stuff like that. So it's been a lot of fun. Is that place now reconstituted? Like, Is there another Twin Galaxies there? It's not actually Twin Galaxies, but there is an arcade now. There's one up here in Oskaloosa, and there's one in Otomo Both. The same people run it, and it's just called the Old School Pinball and Arcade. Nice. It's uh, not actually you know, licensed, I guess, would maybe be the correct term for Twin Galaxies. <laughs> right. But uh, they've, they've looked into, and they've tried to get the old building, but right now it's just it's not been available yet. But I think that's something they'd like to acquire at the future, some point in the future. And... At one time, anyway, they were talking to the owners of Twin Galaxies that if they could reacquire the actual facility where the arcade was, that then maybe they would get together and do some kind of a partnership and reopen a brick-and-mortar Twin Galaxies. Does that, orig- does that original sign still exist? Part of it. Um, it. Yeah, it doesn't exist in its original form. If you remember, this big center section, I believe it was the G for Galaxies, was really large and it had like two wings on it. Right. Um, the center section was removed. The two wings were slid together, and it's on the back side of the building now for the optometrist shop down there. Oh, that's crazy! And didn't yeah, somebody so make like a? Didn't somebody make a reproduction for Richie Knuckles? I, I believe Richie made it when okay. uh, he was partnered, and he was one of the co-owners of Twin Galaxies at the time. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Wow. He he did the uh, like when you'd walk into Twin Galaxies, and that big back glass that was at the back of the arcade. I believe Richie reproduced that. Okay. Wow. Oh, let me close out this little bit bit here. Sorry about um, that. So, oh no. <laughs> Whenever you share about uh, Atomo, I love it. It's good times. Cool. Uh, so apparently, this game was known as Karate Do, or the Way of the Empty Hand, when it, when it was in Japan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a wax on, a wax off. It popularized the one-on-one fighting genre. 
A variety of moves could be performed using the dual joystick controls using a best-of-three match format. Nice. Good. And, okay. I always <laughs> wondered what that guy, his hands are always together, you know. Is it, is it, is it cold? <laughs> is, he in, is he in Minnesota? I don't know. Uh, funny. Right. So, funny. Funny, I try. Hey, June 27, 1984, reigning number one at the box office. For some reason, a coincident, coincidence, I'm not sure, the karate kid. <gasps> Yes, a second karate reference. Is there a pattern? I, I don't yes, know. I think there is. I think it's a... Well, the film, it was a 1984 martial arts drama written by two dudes. Yeah. Sorry, I'm a little behind. I love this song. If I play more, they're going to ban us. I know, don't do that. It starred Ralph Macchio, Pat Morita, and Elizabeth Shue. Uh, Karate Kid follows Daniel LaRusso, a teenager taught Guju Ryu Karate by Mr. Miyagi to help defend himself and compete in a tournament against his bullies, one of which is the ex-boyfriend of his love interest, Ailey Pope. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) It's such a terrible, awesome song. I know, right? And so, if I the, the last segment of Back to the Cade, uh, what was the best thing on TV on June twenty seventh, nineteen eighty four? Nothing, because they were all repeats. But oh. you know what has two seasons on YouTube right now and got picked up for a third? Cobra uh, Kai. I was just gonna say the Karate Kid TV yes. show. So it's a TV show. I love it. They call it an American comedy drama on Wikipedia. Apparently, uh, created for YouTube Premium. It stars. It's funny. It stars William Zabka, who is the bully that didn't even get mentioned, you know, like <laughs> what's in the in the other Wikipedia article. And Ralph Macho, of course, reprising his role from the film. Yeah. So they, they renewed it for the third season uh, in 2020. So that's pretty awesome that they're able to take that and continue it. Yeah. I haven't taken the time to sit and watch that yet, but quite a few of my friends have, and they really recommend it. They said it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I feel like I got some good binging coming on. <laughs> Definitely. Nice. Hopefully they're hour-long episodes. I don't know. I didn't get a look, good look at it. I think Elizabeth Shue was probably my first celebrity crush. I remember Allie with an I. Karate Kid was that was that was really big. That was a lot of fun. Um, that was right after you know the stuff in the Tom One, the BMX stuff, and in the movie he rode a mongoose cruiser. And uh, a lot of us BMX kids were like, "Oh, check it out, man! It's BMX in this movie. This is the shit right here." So we loved it. <laughs> we were all into it. It's good. Uh, Billy, any uh, Karate Kid memories? Did you uh, did you partake in that? You know, that one never worked for me. Oh, I see. Oh. All right. I did sneak into Karate Kid Part Two. I don't know why, but uh, played played the games, but not the movie didn't work for me. Oh, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Totally. That's so, Adam. Yes. What's in the juke? What's in the juke? Welcome to What's in the Juke, yes. where we play a little bit of a song and then make our chatters make our chatters guess the song, I guess. And you have to you have to guess the title and the artist. That's the plan. And I think Billy may have a prize or two for the top three uh, winners. So if that's um, motivating, then uh, all, by all means, let's go. 
Well, so if you're gonna if you're gonna we get into the rules, right? You get a half point uh, if you get half of the answer right. Right. You, you get a full point if you get the whole answer correct. Yeah. Do you have some audio cues for that kind of stuff? I sure do. If you get half of the answer right, you will hear half point. If you hear the whole uh, entire, if you give the whole entire answer, or you get both halves correct, you will hear full point. Yeah. All right. Now. And- uh, and, and keep in mind, we will use the order that it comes across the feed on our side to determine if you were before somebody or not. Sometimes correct. when you type something in on your own screen, it looks like you did something before somebody. But So everybody reload your browsers. We'll give you about 15 seconds to do that while we banter here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Reloading their mm-hmm. browsers. Yeah. They're getting yeah. ready. Yeah. Everything's spinning up. Uh, Billy, uh, would, would you mind? On dial-up? Billy? Yeah, we're I'm, not, I'm not going to do it because I'll get disconnected again. Just would you, oh, mind, yeah, yeah. Billy? Would you mind showing us again the prizes that you have and describing well, I'll them? Some, I'll dig some cool stuff out. We got a Frankenstein that was uh, run this past Halloween at our uh, uh, trick or treater, and uh, they made these at uh, uh, Hollywood Studios, California. Oh wow! This is this is the tall one. Uh, so I got that. We we got a couple. We can we can hook the people up. We got piggy banks. Get different colors. So that, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Get some of those. Yep. And uh, all right. So uh, we'll get this sh- uh, stuff going. Um, the first first track is oh not queued up anymore. I better turn it down. Okay. Here we go. And. Uh-huh. Everybody's just dying. Okay, here, here comes your first clip. Here comes. Okay, I only played like, I don't know, 10 seconds. That seems fair. And that band was so trippy. They were. And they were prolific in the 80s. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Yes, and uh, nobody in the chat has guessed anything yet. Yes, they're just uh, looking and talking about it. Maybe they're like that's they're, not they're shazamming it. Exactly. Oh, I don't feel so oh. I remember being on the other side and trying Brian. to get some of the stuff, and I was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Brian is close with Annie Lennox. Uh, I, I think we should give him a half point for that, or at least so? a quarter of a point. <laughs> half point. He's in the ballpark. He is in the ballpark. Yeah. I guess we'll play a little more of this. Why not? Wow. Oh, man. What is she talking about? She said, language of love slips from my... Well, this whole show is about sex. Jeez, that's that arcade and... thing place you were talking about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brian got your rhythmics, so that's good. Yeah, we got we got your rhythmics. And Xanadu by Ellen. Close, but no cigar. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that we're going to have to call it. That was Who's That Girl by Eurythmics, not Madonna. What? Ice cream. Yeah. Who's that there you go. Nice. All right. So that was Eurythmics. Probably one of the more difficult songs we've ever played. Yes. Well, right. it was 1984, and we were out doing better things, right? Tim? Yes. And this is like a this tonight. We're like in slow song city. I don't know what happened, but here we go. 
Come, anybody want to dance? This one should be easy. How can I just let you walk away? <laughs> That's it. I like that guy's hairstyle. <laughs> I remember there was this girl, Paige, who I thought was cute, and she's like, I really like his hairstyle. And then I ended up with his exact hairstyle. <laughs> Phil hey, Collins, Mike Page Genesis. Is in the chat. Hey, Mike. Yep, Mike Page got Phil Collins on that one. That's correct. Shoot, I should have grabbed the soundtrack album earlier when we were going through this. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the what's the name of the track, guys? Just let you leave without a trace. When I... There we go. Uh, Mr. Holmvig comes in with against all odds. That's we have actually, a new uh, player. Mrs. Careful, careful. Uh, what oh. did I say? Ms. Mrs. 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 Holmvig. I'm sorry, I did not. That that, that first initial is a bit um, is, ambiguous. Is a, yeah, ambiguous. Yes. It's A for ambiguous, and that is a half point. Half point for Mrs. H. Nice. And we got a half point for half point. Who else? That uh, was Mike Page. Mike Page. You guys correct. These guys are doing good. All right, let's pick up the pace a little bit here. Here we go. That, that was an attempt to pick up the pace. <laughs> nope. This is terrible. This is terrible. It's a good song live, though. <laughs> Not to play anymore. It is. It is good. <laughs> I saw them in '84 at the Iowa Jam. That was a good oh concert. Oh my god! Bang, yeah. got him. Mrs. Homevig song. And there's nice. Mr. Homevig. We got all bunch. Oh, Ellen's making fun of me. That's what it is. So we got Night Ranger, Sister Christian, Brian Frober, and Mr. Peabody. All right. That's good, right? Half point for each. Half point. Okay. All right. Next track. This isn't one of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah. Right. What what movie was it? Streets of Fire. Gotta go conference call at eight. Oh, come on, Mrs. H. You just got here. Oh. One of the fictional bands was Ellen Aim and the Attackers, and the movie was Streets of Fire. Nice. Yeah, yeah, Streets of Fire. You're right. No clue. Are you come on? Come on. Ah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just gave it away. Give you the title instantly, but I don't know that I would have thought of the artist because I haven't heard this for quite a while. <laughs> well, that's the thing is he's a one-hit wonder. I can dream about you. That's close. We're gonna give it with to a, with about you. Mrs. H just got it. She was leaving, but she stayed for one more song. There, you could just get another half point. Here we go. Half point. And um, arcade Jason. I think we're just gonna have to move on. Yep, it's Dan, Dan Hart. Yeah, Dan Hartman. Lisa Hartman's uh, brother. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, nope. Nope. Don't think so. Okay, this one people might get. There we go. I'll give you a hint. <laughs> <laughs> I think there were two hints given, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sunglasses Man, at people night. People are putting a lot of heart into this tonight. Brian Frober. That's right. 
We got and who and Brian Frubber with both. Did he get a full point? He did, and he's in he's in first place. Full two point. full points. Wow, that's great. Okay, next one. We're gonna pick up the pace a little bit here. Good running music. Now, this one's kind of tricky the way you did it because <laughs> of the artist that you chose. Uh huh. I believe in '84 that wasn't the artist that performed it that year. Mm, it's in the Billboard this way, is it? Yeah. It, well, it might have came back and gotten popular toward the end of the year with this artist, but this uh, isn't the artist that broke it—at least not here. Well, it's this. Um, it was in the top forty. This is an English on- band. Yes, June 27th, 1984. Yep, and this is the only band that I've known to ever sing this. Really? I'll tell you who the other one is when we're done here. Okay, all right. I don't want to screw it up. Looks like S1500 got the title and the artist. Yes. Since we've got it, I'll go ahead and tell you. The the band that broke it here was Quiet Riot. They did Mm -hmm. a really cheesy video of it on MTV, and it got a lot of airplay. I don't... So much so that... I think you might be wrong. The Slade version came back out. Slade had done it in the late 70s. Was yeah. it a single or was it tied to one of the albums? I think it was a single. If it wasn't, it was on Condition Critical. It would have been the album after Metal Health. Really? Yeah. That's Quiet Riot is the first one I heard it. And we're listening to it. And somebody gets, someone, one of my older friends goes, that's not Quiet Riot. That's another band. I'll have to look it up. But, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. They're called Slade. I've only ever I'm known like, the Slade Who? version. Yeah, yep. I got I got the original single from the day, and I got the Quiet Riot albums, but I only remember Slade. It might have just been a single. Maybe it was a B-side or something, but it, it got a lot of airplay that year. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. MTV. Yep. It was wow. pretty cheesy, but it, it was a good song. Yeah, yeah, this is a little bit more of that. It has one of the world's longest intros. We're already a minute in. Wow. What about the Melican song? You don't hear the first riff until a minute ten. What about is it Melicamp I Need a Lover or something like like a three or five minute intro or something like that? One of his songs is really long intro. Yeah. Alright. I'm old and I broke it. <laughs> nice. I figured out what I did. I was right and I was wrong. It was Slade, the song that they covered. And yep. it was condition critical, but I just gave you the wrong song. It was Mama, We're All Crazy Now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I knew there was a Slade song that, that quite, one, yeah. quite broke. And for some reason, I was thinking it was Run, Run Away. Huh. Well, the next one, we're going to just pick it up a notch and we're going to kick it up even higher than oh, we yeah. have. So high. Here we go. Oh, no. <laughs> it doesn't sound higher. <laughs> Everybody calm down. Pour that third <laughs> glass of wine. Oh, we need to, you know, we need to have like uh we need to do a hair band episode. Yeah, I agree. And we need to do wear hair wigs. Yacht rock. Lionel Richie, hello, hello, hello. Uh Mr. Peabody with hello and Brian Jones with the artist. You each get a half, half point. point. All right. Next track. Oh, 
Oh, you gotta know. I've seen this guy live, and he is amazing. Outstanding, you might even say. I see. So I don't even... I know the it's, song, but I just can't think of Howard that Howard Jones, Mr. Frober, you picked up the artist for a half point. Half point. And what is the song? This is a tough one. What is the song? <laughs> <laughs> nice cutoff. <laughs> Did somebody cover that? <laughs> I can't tell if you're joking now. <laughs> no, I don't remember Howard Jones doing that song. Well, but I think I know the song. Yeah, this is a chart-topping song for him. Um, All I remember was things can only get better. What is love? He had a string of hits, guys. Really? What yeah. else? Oh man, so much. Yeah, he's huge. Um, yeah, I realized I was a metalhead, so... Yeah. Totally, get, right. Whatever, you know, it's that's what happens. If you just stick in a genre, you don't get to hear it all. Uh, yep. so, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sometimes that's good. <laughs> hey, I like a little metal now and again. Okay, so uh, we got... Two left. What is love? Uh, Brian Frober did get that? Uh, I think it got split up a little. Okay. All right, the next track. Man... That's it. That's nice. It. That was Brian Fober. He did get a full point. Just with Billy that one Idol, minute. Billy Idol, Eyes Without a Face. All right. Dang, nice. Brian, cleaning up. Mike Brian pa- is the tonight's Casey. Mike Page got Billy Idol, though. Oh, he did? Okay, okay. Yeah. Mike Page with a half point. Half point. And Brian Jones with Eyes Without a Face. Half point. Damn. We're going to need some tiebreakers because there's three people in second place right now. Well, we can give away three prizes, too. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, let's just give away the three prizes. All right, that sounds nice. good. You know, Billy's in a generous mood. Okay, here comes your, your final track for tonight. All right. That's it. Can anybody get it? This is actually kind of a difficult one, I think. I think it's yeah, the I don't easiest one. That song. I don't remember that song at all. Um, well, it's. I mean, Billy, I know you like old, old school. Prince, not Prince. Sounds like Janet Jackson. Close, but not the right Jackson. Not. You're off by about five Jacksons on that. <laughs> not Sheena Easton. Not Erotic City. Oh, but that's a great song. It is a good song. The song sucks as bad as Nibbler. <laughs> what was that about? A state. A state of shock. We're doing it. Listen. She looks so great. Every time I see her face, she put me in a state. A state of shock. A state of shock. <laughs> He's back on tour recently. Who is? Uh, Mick Jagger? Mick Jagger. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was... Uh, nobody got that one. It was the Jacksons with Mick Jagger and State of Shock. That's too bad. 
<laughs> Brian Jones, state of shock, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> well, he heard the he heard the track. He's just done a little bit of a delay. Right. Okay, so uh, tally it up, Mark. Tell us who the top three is, and then Billy Seven. Why don't you tell us? Pretty tough. Brian Fober is first in third uh, with three points. Mike Page, Mrs. H, S fifteen hundred, and Brian Jones all tied. Oh, what? Four you, people. We need a tiebreaker. You got, you got four people. We do. I got four prizes. Okay. Well, you just gotta you gotta figure a way to get their uh, addresses without them posting them publicly. Okay, wait a, sure. Wait a minute. So that's five prizes, though. Right. First place is, is the fifth. I'll go get the box full of all the things that I have sitting around. Oh, <laughs> all right. God. We'll take care of them. All right. We'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I appreciate you doing that. We'll uh, we'll uh, PayPal you the uh, the postage, and they come from Arcade Radio and and Billy Seven. How's that? If you're right. cool with that, I'm cool with that. We can Sounds take care good. of it. How will we have them contact us, Adam? Uh, if you uh, could email us, uh, and the the best way to do that would be to email me at adam <coughs> at arcaderadio.com. That's R, Arcade Radio with an R. Yep, R-C-A-D-E radio.com. Pirateradio.com. And if you Arr. if you email me tonight with your address and you're a winner of the top five, we will send you one of these fancy Moldorama guys. All right? Got it. Hey, Brian, if you don't want the prize, you don't need to email us. Well, that's all good. Yeah, if you would rather defer... Okay. He's I'll moving, so he's worried about not being able to. Yeah. Have you email? Yeah. Save, your, save your address. I got more than just piggy banks. Speaking of which, I forgot to get some. Frank's going to hang out here for a second. I'll be right back. Frank is awesome. Oh, boy. I mean, you I have. had me on this show. You just need me to shut up during the music because I always screw it up. So we, so uh-huh. we, we all, we all oh, just man. need to. We should all just put our own motoramas up there. Let's well, see, I was. <laughs> I don't have anything to contribute to this. <laughs> Nothing close, anyway. I'm gonna have to send. <laughs> I'll send you one. There's about Lots the best five souvenirs for everybody. Can you see that? Is that a Game of Thrones dragon? Souvenirs. Oh, nice. All kinds of souvenirs. This is my, my earplugs in, so don't worry. We got everybody <laughs> taken care of. This is the only plastic thing in my room right now. Nice. <laughs> My MySpace.com black curtain screenings uh, popcorn box. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll make sure that these get out if you email me. Oh, that was quite a bag of goodies you had there. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for playing. Uh, that has been what's in the juke, right? That's correct. And now. And and now. <laughs> This is the part of the show where we reintroduce the guest because you've probably forgotten who it is by now, and that is Billy Seven. Thanks again for joining us tonight, man. Thank you for having me. Does this mean I just prepared to qualify? You did right. prepare to qualify. But you're in the very back. Sorry. No. <laughs> All right. I never did good at pole position. I want to ask you the first question. Yes. Because I am greedy. Okay. <laughs> first off. Who is Billy Seven, and how did that come to be? How did that name come to be? Uh, it's a really poor, silly story. 
to keep it really short. Oh, by the way, my friends told me <laughs> to have you guys install a shock buzzer because I can get off on tangents. <laughs> and they wanted me to have you shock me <laughs> so I would stop. But, we'll just uh, we'll just mute the, you. The, the quick of it is, honestly, this is the truth, is uh, I worked for a small hotel company back in the early to mid-90s. Oh, look at that. Jeez. <laughs> That's your shock buzzer, but you don't know All what right, it I'll, I'll be listening for it. Okay. So I worked for a hotel, and uh, we had uh, computers in the IT <laughs> department, and uh, the hard drives would fail, and I had to rebuild them, and uh, I had to put a name in the Windows registration, and... Billy was the most common name, and Seven was a good last name, the number Seven. And so when I got on the Internet for my first time, I don't know, again, in the early 90s, I didn't want to use my name, so I used Billy Seven. That was I loved it. it. I loved that. To go with the theme of the show, has anybody ever confused that name for like a porn star name or something? No, uh, I, I am I am not of uh, that build. Never, uh... Well, you know, and it's funny because uh, the first time I ever saw your name uh, was when I was trying to find out about what a uh, where I could find a Kitty Rama because I was you know I was into coin op collecting and I was like, man, I'm... when I was a kid, I went to this one mall and it had six point five. <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading chat. I'm back. You did, Tim, <laughs> you got to be a professional. You can't read the chat out loud during the show. Just have to read like. <laughs> hey, I'm the amateur here, remember? I'm a professional. <laughs> Anyways, we did this mall. They, they had like wood paneling everywhere and, and free hot chocolate and the movie for 25 cents. And I remember watching Heckle and Jackal and Mighty right. Mouse and a handful of other really crappy. Well, not, I mean, they weren't crappy, but they were. Well, they, Heavily, were, they, they weren't watched. ever Disney or anything. They were right. always like Lance and stuff. Yeah, because it was cheap, right? right? Uh, and so I was, uh, and I came across across your website, which probably was written by you in HTML by hand in like 1995. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. And it hasn't changed much since. So if you go to Billy Seven don't net, ever change. Yeah, but this is honestly the first time I've been out there. If you notice my videos and stuff, there's always the uh, disembodied hand or my kid or yeah, it's yeah. not about it's not about me. No, and uh, you caught me on a good morning this morning when you, I don't know. It's I enjoy working on this stuff. I really do. I enjoy sharing. My favorite forum is the KLOV forums. Yeah, uh, I think there's a great base of people. Ken Layton, man, you have helped me a ton along with <laughs> seriously, other right? Ken Layton is the best. He is a classic, and he is like the, the most even keeled, nicest guy. I love, I, I, and he even contacted me about some Kitty Rama stuff at one point. Just you know, again, there's so much. I, I ignore the the crap, and the I used to do pin, pinball is my love first and foremost, and unfortunately, I. Even back in the days of the uh, news groups and stuff, I had a hard time doing it. But yeah. I love the KLOV forums. I've been on there for a long time. I chime in when I can. I love reading them. And yeah. my favorite tagline is the guy that says, I have met Ken Layton and many of you have not. Yeah, I know. I uh, love that. That's awesome. I don't know who it is, but I love that one. I remember that. Yeah, I haven't been on in a while. That's great. Uh, go ahead, uh, Mark. You take the next one. Sure. What is... Your coin-op origin story. So what exactly got you hooked? Uh, it's uh, multifaceted, but again, without getting electronically buzzed. Uh, 
when I was a kid in the 70s, uh, I have a very distinct memory of my dad taking me over to a friend's house and they had a Bally pinball machine. And I can tell you it's a Bally pinball machine because Bally 60s, mid 60s pinball machines, you would put the coins in the lockdown bar. And I don't oh. remember the title. And I was on a stool, and uh, I remember that distinctly. I remember a lot of other things, but that was that was like, wow, you can own a game. I was like, that's cool. And I, I was not very old at all. And then going to Como Zoo, the Moldorama, which uh, I could care less about these things. Watching the machine do its thing was, like, cool. And my dad, as a quick side note, we grew up, my brothers and my sister and I, we all learned to fix things. Uh, they bought a station wagon in the 70s and decided it needed power steering, so my dad put power steering on it. Uh, you know, who does that? Oh. So, and then uh, in the 1984-5 era, and uh, I saw my mom on the YouTube feed. She'll probably remember this and be mad. But, again, my dad, he uh, was at a garage sale down the street and uh, came home and said, hey, there's an arcade down there. Because by then I had a love. Wasn't supposed to go to the arcades, but uh, might have snuck out and stuff. Uh, roller skating, oh yeah, you know who didn't roller skate? Got your roller skates. Got the disco lighting up here. There we uh, go. So uh, my dad goes, there's a there's a game down at a garage sale, and uh, I went down there. They wanted I don't know ten bucks. I didn't have any money. I convinced them to donate it to my private school. The school wrote them a receipt. I told the school I needed like 10 bucks for a lock and bulbs, and they said, why don't you keep it? And my mom was not happy. And it's back there, and it works, and I still have it to this day. And that was the beginning of it all. One machine, one machine, and that was it. That's killer that you mentioned the roller skating, because that's, that's where I got started, a time with Skateland. Um, I don't even know what to call them. They weren't arcade games yet. This was like early 70s, like 71, 72. They were, Those um, are arcade well, yeah, but I guess when I think of arcade games, I'm thinking of video games, you know, actual video. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, arcade existed way beyond that, and I just – it doesn't correlate to me because I'm, I'm the video arcade guy, you know? Right. But uh, what were they? They were, like, mechanical where they yeah. had the rolls of right. film that rolled or whatever? I remember well, playing they, some motorcycle games and stuff. That, that's my first game, Chicago Coin Motorcycle, and there's – I think, there's, yeah. there's There's three discs in there, and then there's, like – remember Shrinky Dinks? There's yeah, like a little better. motorcycle guy that looks like he was made out of a shrinky dink, and he's on a pivot, and there's a coil, and when you crash, it goes like this, and there's one motor that turns the road, and then there's two motors that turn blue motorcycles and re uh, blue and yellow motorcycles, and there's uh, wafers, and as you move the motorcycle across the wafers and based on the discs, it determines if you crash into something or not. See, I haven't seen a, a game like that since the 70s, really. I mean, around here in my area, I haven't went anywhere, I guess, where I've seen them. And, and that's a pretty cool memory. Um, and I lived at the skating rink. They, you know, Tuesday night, you had wheat penny nights. And then a lot of times over the holidays when school was out, they'd have all-night skates where you'd go out there at 7 o'clock at night and you didn't get out till 6 in the morning. And well, we'd yeah. roller skate all night. They'd do races and fast skates. And we played hockey. And then, we, you know, we played games all night. Took a roll of quarters with you. Amen. Played some pool. It, it was great. That was that was my introduction to arcade gaming right there, the skating rink. I'm and licorice, licorice ropes. Licorice yes. Ropes. Oh, yeah. yes. I'm supposed to maybe go skating tomorrow. Heck yeah! Which one? Uh, roller Garden. 
Ah, Roller Garden's good, but they don't have Light Lab. But they have uh-huh. Funk Night on Fridays. Oh, and we all need to find the funk, man. I'm telling For sure. you that. Yes. <laughs> P-Funk. Funkalicious. That sounds fun. So uh, we talked a little bit about Kitty Rama. Right. Did, did, you, did you just explain how you got into Kitty Rama? No. Why didn't oh, you? His first, his first game that he got with the 10 bucks. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we were talking about memories, and uh, I have uh, – uh, there was a Zaire Shopper City near us. And I'm pretty sure there was one there, but there was also... Um, okay, wait, 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 wait. Zaire Shopper City. Describe the interior of that. So Zaire Shopper City was like Kmart on steroids. But it so did- there was a Shopper City, and then two brothers came in, bought them out in, I think, just Minnesota, and they na- renamed them Zaire. So the one I remember was on Central, oh, in the 40s. Uh, it turned into an Ace Hardware, a liquor store... Uh, a mattress place, and I think they finally raised it a few years ago. And there was a photo mat, I think, in the parking lot, too. Awesome. Well, I haven't seen a photo mat. The first, that brings back some memories. Yeah. I want to buy a photo mat. Like, I'm sure somewhere there's a, a like a stock of them somewhere. There's a guy, the there's guy at Summit Amusements. For us. The guy that there owns is. Summit Amusements. He has got a punch. Kids well, today wouldn't even know what that was. The, he's talking about the chemical photo booth, which there is one on, on Craigslist local. Oh, right photo now. mat. You're talking about that round the, hut thing the, where right, you go, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the where you check your film to, to back to the future. There's yeah. one there's a couple that are coffee shops here in the Twin Cities. There's still a few out there. They're not they don't I think if you took them their film, they'd have no idea, but you can get They're a latte. Right. I used to actually rent movies from Photomat. You had to call them and then you really? know they would yeah, they, they briefly rented movies for about two years. And uh, they would you'd call them, and then the movie would go to the little photo mat, and then you'd go to your car, pick it up, rent the movie. It was oh, like, I never knew they did that. That was there, one of was the there, very first places you could rent a movie. Was there a photo mat in uh, the movie Parenthood with uh, mm, oh Keanu man, Reeves where he's like, so now we can mm. record our love. And they like, no, take pictures. familiar, but I remember Police Academy. Okay. One of them ends up floating yeah. in the river, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I got to watch that movie. You're remaking Police Academy. No. No. Sounds oh. remakes. Oh. Yep. Oh. Leave I, it alone. The original was great. Even uh, if they got Michael Winslow, it's not going to be good. No, it's not. Apparently, Gutenberg so, has signed on. Whoever's out there, I'm sorry. No, yeah, don't no surprise, but Steve Gutenberg has signed on. Well, yeah, no, I can see that. Right? <laughs> what else is he doing? They just need to make it a sequel, like, like, like the new Ghostbusters. Don't put Will Ferrell in it. Oh, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> Ghostbusters. They announced today Paul Rudd is joining the new Ghostbusters crew. Hmm. Right. Well, not, it's not a, a new. Newer, it's, it, a newer it's a sequel to Ghostbusters Two. Not it ignores that terrible, you know, two thousand. It wasn't terrible. I have so. not made it through. I keep trying to watch it, and every fifteen minutes that we get into it, we're like. This is really bad. Do you want to go somewhere else? <laughs> so this is like Aykroyd and thanks uh, for saving me. Yes, yeah. Rick Thomas or uh, Rick uh, Bill Murray. Uh, Rick Moranis will not Moranis. be back. He's retired. We're not sure about Moranis. He's kind of retired. He's but uh, Sigourney Moranis. Weaver's in it. No way. Uh, Bill Murray. This is Andy in production. Fox. Yeah, dude. They had a teaser trailer like two months ago. I deal in old things. Jason yeah. Reitman is directing. Ivan Reitman's son. His like son or something. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, this could be good. He. I don't know if you know Jason Reitman is, but he kind of got his start with the movie Juno, I yeah. believe. 
But what about that smoking movie? Thank you for not smoking. That's that, also that super it? good. Yes, I like that a lot. He's great. Well, I do want to point. I do want to point out though. I watched uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine the other day because yeah. I went to the video store and they had two for five bucks, and I'm like, everybody loved it, and who didn't love the original? So right. I had to pick a second movie, mm-hmm. and there was Pixels. And uh, I'm sorry, it is a steaming pot. It's going in one well, of my redemption games as a prize. It, uh, it's a sad, it's a Sandler movie. That's the problem. They took what was like a good concept and then just wrapped a Sandler movie around it. They yeah. could have done 3D at all. Pixels 3D. Yeah. Oh. Theatrically in 3D, it was really yeah. impressive. Better. Yeah, I, I mean, it. I would have loved that. I saw it was the arcade stuff, the the graphics they did, the 3D. It was one of the better 3D effects I've seen in a movie. I really enjoyed it. And then it came out on home video, and I was like. Yeah, it sucks not being in 3D. So I had to rewatch the original because of how great it is. And just the other day, because like Ridley Scott, Kubrick, all that, I was watching Harrison Ford do this with the chopsticks. I asked a friend at work, "That's a thing. I didn't know that." But I was looking at Mr. Terrell, and I'm like, "Who is this guy?" And just today, I figured out who Mr. Terrell is. Can I do this? Yeah. Can oh crap? Am I still Max Headroom? No, it's a guy from the 90s. uh... Yeah. This is the guy from the Six Flags commercial? Yeah. Mr. (laughs) Terrell is the guy from Six Flags. Look at that, huh? No way. Look it up, yeah. I was like, like, who is he? And he's like, anyway, I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. Boy, that derailed. Uh, We're interviewing you. It's perfect. Uh, I was going to say something poignant. I think I just got shocked. So what did you think of 2049? I liked it. It was a good movie, but... Again, Ridley Scott, and there's so many directors that the detail and growing up on it. And somebody said Max Headroom. It's the same thing. There's there's something we grew up on. I love new movies. There's a lot of great new movies out there. But sometimes when you're just trying to match that original, and, and Blade Runner was just something special. If, you yeah, know, it was so just out of place for its time. It was so such a good movie. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. You probably are, but there's a new video game coming out next year called Cyberpunk 2077. The Anonymous um, of the old one? No, this is a brand new game. Um, wow. When I first saw it, my first thought immediately was, wow, that looks like Blade Runner. It's like a, a modern, playable Blade Runner type game is what it first struck me as. And I've been waiting for that one now for about four years, so I'm really excited to see that come out. There's a great uh, 90s Blade Runner point-and-click uh, adventure that uh, game that I love. Really? Yeah. It's fantastic. It, it was one of the very last point-and-click adventures before 3D graphics hit. And so it's 2D, but it does some really interesting thing with th- uh, uh, you know, raster... Uh, what am I trying to say? Rendering. So it looks like it's 3D, but it's not. Sorry, I touched a button again. Oh, boy. There you are. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. We just about lost you. So a uh, question for you, Billy. Uh, Blade Runner, theatrical or directors? Uh, unicorn or Wait, new uh, unicorn? Okay. I'm going to write down right now. I'm going to write it down. The one I like. And I'll hold it up after you oh. tell me what you like. Uh, it's hard. It's, like be- game. it's hard because, it, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. The one movie that I think really is better as a director's cut is Donnie Darko. Because I saw it I originally. Agree. And I agree. I'm like, this is a great movie, but I have no idea what I just watched. <laughs> and then and then the director movie, the director's cut came out, and I'm like, I understand this movie. So yeah. there's nuances to everything. Yeah. I don't know. What do you like? 
Well, I'm I'm gonna have to. You don't you want to just go out on a limb and tell me what you like? Go ahead, Mark. We'll hold them up at the same time. This says director's cut. Oh, he's theatrical. You I bastard. was going to say theatrical too. Now here's the reason theatrical. why, and the the reason why is because that's what came out in '82. Yeah. Uh, also, I love the Harrison Ford dialogue. It is a it. I think it adds so much to the film from a film noir standpoint. And I know Ridley Scott didn't want it in there, but I really like it. So sorry, Ridley, but I still watched the original version. I mean, I like the dialogue. How about if you get the director's cut but add the dialogue back? Well, I, there's the there's a, is different. Isn't there's, there isn't there stuff like that that yeah. people have done that too? There's an international cut of the film too with the dialogue and all that stuff. Um, I think both are good. I don't think it's bad. I just um, the only the bad stuff. The only bad stuff. Is everything Lucas did to the original Star Wars? <laughs> well, let's not the get uns- into that. The specialized edition is the only thing I recognize in my house. <laughs> Me too. Or specialized. Yep, we're Absolutely. we're brothers from another mother's. Yeah, sorry, let's go. had to go there. We're brothers from other mothers. All right, I like that. Uh, okay, let's pick up this interview again. Uh, right, Tim, why don't you pick a question and ask this guy something? Well, um, since it's kind of up my alley, I guess. Uh, the Arcade Heroes, do you have any? Yes. Who would that be? Uh, now, are you speaking of the people like, say, Billy Mitchell? Or are you speaking <laughs> of uh, someone, say, like um, uh, Eugene Jarvis? They're well, both heroes. Here, it's, here's it's, here's it's the thing. So, I'll let you answer it how you want to answer it. There you go. Right. But I'll, I will give you this, Billy. There's people like Ralph Bear and... Amen. I guess, Amen. I guess Nolan Bushnell and you know, and I, and Nolan Bushnell is in his own. I mean, we can get into arguments over who's a good person, who's a bad person, who's a good entrepreneur, who's not, who's the genius, who's the Steve Jobs, who's the Wozniak. Uh, I don't care about that. But if they inspired you, uh, and tell us which you know and who and why, and then if there's like a high score record holder, great. And if there's a Eugene Jarvis who's or you know. Another game designer like Dave Thurr that you like? Um, um, I, I will do my best to keep this brief, but this this is up there with Moldorama. Um, every game, in my opinion, and I'm going to go out there and say it for all you pinball people, even Stern's Q has its own little nuances. Uh, every game was made to be fun. Yeah, there's some issues with games, uh, but... The first time I ever went to Pinball Expo was in 94, and that's my love, first and foremost, in gaming. And I knew about it in 1991 by Tim Neighbors out of Neighbors Novelty in Maple Lake. Maple Lake, he had just opened a storefront, and he gave me a copy of Pin Game Journal. And so I waited a couple of years, save up money, college, all that, and I went out there. And uh, I had a prototype game I had picked up from uh, Summit Amusement in town, and I knew something was special. My friends and I, we went and played it all the time. And Pops uh, was a test location. Summit had test. Um, uh, oh, shoot, the one south of 94. Um, Beanies? Anyway, uh, pardon? Beanies? No, um, Delco. Delco would okay. get test get test game. So I, I could call down to Lieberman's and talk to one of the salespeople and find out. Like, say, when Doctor Who came in, they got one at Pops. It had the moving Dalek. We went out mm-hmm. and checked it out, all that stuff. So uh, I went out to Pinball Expo, and I had this game. 
1994, RGP was a new thing because of news groups, Rec Doc, GameStop, Pinball. And there, there was flyers. That's how you knew about it because of this magazine. And I walked out, I went out there with this game. I tried to bring it in because it said, bring a game, get in free. They hassled me. Uh, one of my friends, John Ross, locally talked to Mike Pasak, one of the guys that was Pinball Expo, and allowed me to bring it in. And the really funny thing about it is a guy that eventually got to work at Williams had two rows of classic wood rail games like Gusher. Um, um, anyway, I'm getting off topic. Um, and I'm, I'm forgetting his name real quick. But uh, So here's this, this 1980s electronic game sitting at the end of these classic 50s wood rails. He's asking two, three, four hundred bucks for these games and they can't get it. So... Uh, my friend introduces me to Larry DeMar, and Larry DeMar takes me over to it. He tells me about the prototype labeling on the serial number, and he tells me about the game and the programming. He introduced me to Pat Lawler the next day. I got to meet John Crutch. So I think I really weirded Pat Lawler out because <laughs> back then you're like, you know that game you made? That's really cool. And then what else did you say to him? We didn't know anything about him like yeah. we do now. Right. So so from a from a standpoint of... Who do I like? Again, I'm getting long. Is I love all these people involved. So a few years ago, we got to see Nolan for the first time at Pinball Expo, but we got to see Ted Dabney, who even knew about him over 10 years ago. Yes. At Midwest Gaming Classic, Ralph Bayer was on uh, Skype, um, and you know I I have two people that meant a lot to me, and I'll, I'll try to end with this. Okay. Um, first, uh, when I got into pinball. There was this dude that had this crazy artwork, Pinbot, Bad Cats, Police Force, Jokers, all these games. And you're like, and so on Bad Cats, there's this, this guy on a snake's body with a flipper that says Pinball Python. And we're like, who is this cat? You know, this guy, this crazy stuff, you know, animals and Bubbles. all that. So uh, I, I went out to Pinball Expo, and besides wanting to learn about my game that had no background at the time, I wanted to meet a Python Angelo. And I told that to Pat Lawler, and uh, boy, his face changed. I later found out the, <laughs> that was like the two people that didn't get along that I probably shouldn't have mentioned one to the other, the other. And this was right after the, the Black Monday, Thursday, wherever they laid people off. So I went out to Pinball Expo for 10 years hoping to meet Python Angelo. And when I moved it across the street, across the interstate to... Um, uh, not a Weston. Anyway, so it was a, another big, languishing old hotel. I was uh, going to get some friends together to go for lunch, and I'm walking down a long hallway in the back, and a guy walks in the side door, and I knew immediately, I'm like, this is Python Angelo. I'm like, hello, how are you? And he's like, I'm fine. And I'm like, he just kept on walking, went and got my friends. I'm like, Python's here, Python's here. So I go back to the lobby, and I'm trying to find my friends, and he's there, and I'm like, oh, this is my only chance. I'm going to do this stupid old thing about, you know, that game you made. So I walked up to him, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I'd love to talk to you for a while. It'd be great, man. It'd be great. I have to go do something real quick, but I'll meet you at the bar. And uh, I'm like, okay. So I, I went to the room to get my friends. My friends out, other friends out waiting in the car, waiting for us all to come out. We walk through the lobby. I look over at the bar, and I see Python doing this. And I kind of <laughs> go, what is yeah, so I'm like, whoa. So I go over, 
And for the next at least five and a half hours, we sit at the bar and we talk. And at one point, he leaves to go out and get homemade summer sausage. He's gone like 20 minutes, comes back. He gets the bartender. You know, they don't want you to bring food and stuff. We're hanging out. He says he's meeting someone, all this stuff. Finally, Eugene Jarvis walks up. What? And he's like, yeah, he's like, hey, here's my friend Eugene. And and here's Eugene's kid. And so I just spent an inordinate amount of time getting to know this guy and and you've heard stories of him and 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 right wrong or indifferent he was an amazing person if there was if there was an avant-garde person in the world it was a python angelo yeah and uh again i'm, I'm getting long but to, to wrap it up so i felt bad i'm like i gotta go and if you look on klov my picture uh for the collectors or whatever is me standing there with python and eugene and so Python, he's got tattooed arms. I'm thinking, man, this cat has gotten so crazy at his old age. He's, I mean, this people weren't doing these full. So Eugene's kid walks up and he goes, hey, I got some for you. He pulls up these stockings. He had custom made this artwork to the point that for how many ever hours I sat there, I thought he had tattoos on his arms. Ah. This guy's crazy. So I leave. My friends come running up to me. Dave, Dave, Python's here. I'm like, yeah, I know. I just hung out with him. How did you know? Well, when he went to get summer sausage, he went down to the, the speaking room and went and said, oh, hello, everybody. And he came back up. That is like one of the most precious moments I have Again, I got to meet Eugene Jarvis, all these things, but but that man, and, and he was healthy, he was younger, uh, it was crazy. And then real quickly, there's a guy involved in pinball, Wayne Nyans. He's still alive to this day. Wayne Nyans was the underling to uh, Harry Mabs, who invented the flipper. Hmm. So the flipper that we know came out on Humpty Dumpty, and so... Harry Mabs would come up with ideas, and Wayne would work in the shop underneath him, and he would develop the idea and refine it. So Wayne Nyans is probably the second person to ever flip a pinball on a pinball machine in a game. Wow. And, he's, and he goes to Pinball Expo. They're trying to get him out here this year. He's 101, I believe, right now. Oh, my God. Wow. And he still drives to go grocery shopping. That's awesome. And, 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 and just here's the last part. Here's the last part to answer your last your question. Oh, that hurt. Um, so, uh, <laughs> You're doing so fine. I was, I was sitting at the, the expo banquet on a Wednesday night where I thought that was the best thing they'd done in years. So you get out there and you just have a buffet and you just see people and you sit down. And I asked Wayne if I could sit down and I chatted with him a few times before. And uh, I said to him and all my friends that might be watching this, they hate this story. They've heard it so many times. But uh, I'm like, so Wayne, what do you do nowadays? And a number of years ago, he'd removed to a retirement community. And, you know, how do you stay alive? You stay alive by being busy and being invigorated. You sit in front of a TV, you pass away. So I'm like, Wayne, you moved to a retirement community? What's there to do? And he goes, deadpan, he goes, I mostly drive the agent and infirm to their doctor's appointments. And I'm like, Wayne, you're like 92 years old. How old are these people? And he's like, eh, mostly in their 70s and 80s, but I don't tell them. <laughs> so... That guy also, and it's hanging on the wall over there, and I'll stop. He's the guy, the pop bumper on a pinball machine, the mushroom-looking thing that the ball, yeah. you hit the little the little switch and it jets the ball away. Yeah. To this day, the mechanism used in a pinball machine for a pop bumper is what he designed and carries the patent on. You can look it up. Wow. Okay, I got so. a, a part B to my question. This is a, It's a little different. It's not quite totally with the first question, but 
you've, you're obviously a collector. You have a lot of stuff in your collection. Um, let's assume it's all in one building. And besides loved ones or pets, you know, any, any living creatures or people, worst case scenario, if it caught on fire and you could only take one item, you can only rescue one item from your entire collection, and that was all you'd be able to save, what would you grab? I don't think I even need to answer. Yes. <laughs> it would be a son of a bitch to move, but <laughs> you like you yeah, die trying. The Rama machine. I'm I'm sorry. That is a very precious device to me. Oh my gosh. No, it's just curious because collectors view their you know everybody has their own collection and it's very personal. And if you, if you've never been asked that question, you might never have thought about it. You know, some people have, some people haven't thought about it, and. Mine is a. It's a lot of people think it would be stupid. It's not even video game related. I'm a diehard sprint car fan, and the first year I started really going to the sprint car races again was in '86, and I have a World of Outlaw uh, sprint car program for my first Outlaw race, and it's signed by a lot of drivers that no longer race. Um, some of them were deceased, you know, and it's it's my most prized possession. You know, I'd I'd want to make sure my wife and my pets were out first, but then the very first thing I would grab would be that book. Amen. And, it's just that's it, you know. That's my thing, and uh, it's it's irreplaceable. There's no possibility to replace it. How, how so I, I'm you? always curious to hear that answer. How about you, other two dudes? Oh man, what I what I would grab out of the house if the thing. Oh, man, oh, it's a tough question. Um, I, I, I most know. things are replaceable, but some things are. Some are not. <laughs> I would grab my Hel- Nintendo Helifier. Because I've only seen two other ones, and you know it's it's a it's a terrible game, frankly, but it's just so worse than ET. Uh, possibly, I mean, which which I some, still think is silly fun, but for some reason you're a sub a submarine shooting helicopters. Where I would have thought you should really be a helicopter shooting submarines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come on, one of these things is going to move a lot slower than the other. Why did you pick that? And, and and it's obvious they were just copying Space Invaders, but they didn't want to do you know an exact copy. So. Good times. Uh, Adam? I would have to grab my entire 45 collection. You're cheating. One item. You're cheating. Well, it's if it's in a case. Yeah. If he's at an old school 45 case. All right, I'd give you that. It's Here's the thing. Like, I... I, a lot of my music's in the cloud now, right? Because I rip it and I put it up there, whatever. But uh, like, there, I can't, there, I can't replace just, what's in my jukebox. I can are, probably get all of my arcade games back. Uh, here's, but, here's a question on that room. Uh, what was your first 45? Do you remember? My first 45? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do remember. It was uh, Eddie Grant, Electric Avenue. Oh, yeah. He, the heat is on by Glenn Frey. The heat is on by Glenn Frey? Little Willie by Sweet. Oh, yeah. Billy? Oh. I have no memory what my first 45 was. Yeah. I swear to God. Sorry. I'm not counting my little Peter Pan records that I got. <laughs> uh, no, I'll tell you this much, though. I do remember the first cassette player I got was the one you'd have in school with the single speaker and the eject and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, and the cassette I got with it for that Christmas was the Bee Gees version of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Oh, yeah. There is a, that that's a thing? Yeah, there's oh, a yeah. movie. Oh, what? my Lord. It's like The Wiz. You can't it's, go wrong. It's, it's uh-huh. a great movie. Ah, uh-huh. ah. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. My mind is blown. Okay, let's talk Moldorama for a little bit. Okay. Because uh, you brought some show and tell. I did. So, uh, by the way, everybody, uh, probably the one of the foremost uh, Moldorama experts is with us in the... Uh, I don't know about that, but... Well, thank you, but... For the state of Minnesota. Uh, metro okay, area. Maybe I'll go with yeah, that. Go with the metro area. Okay. So metro. anyway, tell us how you got into Moldorama. How'd you get your first Moldorama? Uh, can I deviate slightly from that to build to it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, going to Como Zoo as a kid. That was a thing for us here. It was a crappy... Oh, yeah, there you go, Casey. Man. I call Casey. it the poor people zoo. Uh, <laughs> well, and that was, that was a debate when they built the Minnesota Zoo, whether they would continue St. Paul Zoo. And there was a lot of love for it. Right. And um, it, it was a horrible place for animals, uh, only because it was built in the 30s or 40s. So that aside, to the point in the question, uh, I remember as a kid, there were machines there. And there's a, you know, there's a, a distinct smell in the zoo, but then Amoldorama itself has uh, the plastic off-gassing smell. Right. And I just loved the machine. And uh, so as the years went by, they got removed around 82, 83. And as I grew older, I called the zoo and I said, hey, those machines. And uh, I got told they were in the basement, which for the first time ever... A month ago, I got to go into, but I won't go into that now, uh, the basement of the original zoo building. I have photos. I'll put them on my website or something. But uh, I was told they were in the basement of the zoo. I was told a maintenance guy took them, blah, blah, blah. All this stuff happened. Couldn't find anything about them. Then uh, uh, in the late 80s, early Oh, it was the early 90s. Uh, Mall of America opened. And I went to grab some stuff when I put Frank up and I forgot. But they had a Moldorama... Uh, what was the shark at Underwater World? Sharky or something? Oh, yeah. They had a sharky, and they had um, a sea lion and a seal, but these machines, they didn't look right. I don't remember what they were. I remember seeing them with my wife, uh, but they weren't they weren't right, and they had some at the Minnesota Zoo, and they weren't right. And so I reached out to the local collector. This there you go. That's a Minnesota Zoo one because of the gray. Yeah. And so my first Moldorama... Was a purple elephant from Como. Amen. Nice. Yes. And uh, I lost him. No. That's yeah. what happens, man. I don't have any ones from when I, I was. A kid. I can't find mine. I, I got mine at the Griffith Observatory in in Los Angeles. Which one? Which one? It was the green, like globe one. Oh, really? Yes. Because see, there's there's a discussion about that. And huh? was that near the pony ride, off to the side, like where they did the Terminator? Uh, where he shows up in the first film, or was that oh. in the Griffith itself? I, I, I got to double check that. That's like when I was in LA for my uncle's wedding in 1983, and so that's—I mean, it's sort of a blur, you know. That's a—that's about the right time, and right. this could be a section in of itself about where the machines were. But anyway, so the, I saw him at the Minnesota Zoo. I uh, reached out to the number, and I got some local guy, and he told me about a guy in, in California that he got him from. He didn't have a lot of good things to say. I called the guy in California. He wasn't interested. Again, really no Internet. Now, here's, here's the in interesting uh, crossover. Um, in Chicago, since the late 60s, they've always been a thing. 
So if you know someone from Chicago, you say Moldorama, they know. Mm-hmm. The family that owns them now, that owns the company, Moldorama, uh, uh, the gentleman that's president, his father bought into the machines in the late 60s, and they've continued to operate them. And they're the ones that removed the machines here uh, when they took over from the former Minnesota operator. So they weren't in the basement, even though I think they were telling me that to get them to leave them alone. <laughs> and, and I wouldn't meet them for another 10 years. I had been going to Pinball Expo for five, six years. We're sitting there having cocktails one night. I'm describing this thing to my friends, how cool it is. And they're like, yeah, Moldorama. And I'm like, what? <gasps> they're like, yeah, they're at the zoos and all this stuff. So um, the crap <laughs> that you see on my website, I bought off of eBay in the late 90s on a whim back when there was 28 pages of coin-op at any given time. Right. Um, and, again, trying to shorten this up a little bit. Um, oh, wait, wait, hold on. Yep. It's fine, it's fine. I got to know, basically, there were two families, uh, the Chicago family and another family that uh, one member occupied Florida and one occupied California, and that they owned the bulk of the equipment. And uh, the Chicago family won't sell anything. They're, they operate what they have because all these machines were made in basically 62 and 63, all of them. Mm-hmm. So there aren't, there aren't other machines to be had. You'll see some Disney. You'll see some other things. But they're all the machines made back then. So uh, uh, in, the, in the early 2000s, I was offered a chance to buy from the not Chicago family. I didn't have the money. We were looking at building this place that should have never happened. Uh, <laughs> and uh, a couple of years later, I convinced my wife to allow me to. So the most money I ever laid out, and I bought the biggest piece of crap I could for the cheapest amount I could. And over the years, I've gotten to know uh, the various people involved. Uh, they've helped me greatly. Um, it's kind of a small society because they're they're still viable coin-operated devices. Um, and my greatest find um, is the gentleman that invented it. He started out in Quincy, Illinois. And if you can see this, see this? This, this, oh this is a, a Mary. Yeah. This is a, from a nativity set. Yeah. They started out making plaster of Paris, and then they started making figures just like Moldorama. There's the holes. Mm-hmm. So I have a whole nativity set that was made on a Moldorama machine in Quincy, Illinois. And as they, that industry, and again, I'm trying to keep it short, they didn't do so well. They moved out to, uh, no, no, this is Moldorama, you can't do that. Okay, they okay. moved out to California, <laughs> and they started to develop the machine we know. And uh, so this gorilla here, I don't know if you can see it. Oh, yeah. You could buy this gorilla. Um, yep. Now, see, that's the Como gorilla. Yeah, mine's different. We'll show He's flexing. Uh-oh. Did I touch it again here? Oh, Mine waves. There we go. Are you still uh, there? But, but that's the thing. Look at this. So see this dude here? This yeah. dude came out of originally uh, their Quincy factory. Yeah. It would have been sold in a dime store. But this one here was actually at Disneyland. What? For a very short period of time. People claim they were there. But they were only there for a short period of time. And I, I have to be a little careful. I was working on a book with another gentleman. And and I can't share a lot. But um, so for a very short period of time, they took the idea out there. They sold the idea. And it became Moldorama. So then you ended up with this guy. 
So again, you went from what was a dime store item to this guy here, and uh, I like this one here. This guy looks like Donkey Kong. Oh yeah, I need one he of him. Was a, Can you make he those? Was a, you know, uh, I don't have one right now, but I'm actually working on that. Okay, okay. But uh, the, yeah, he looks like Donkey Kong to me, as opposed to the wavy guy. Then, guys. then you got to make him in brown. Uh, yes, it's again. Uh, <laughs> okay, so, so I have a uh, question that uh, dovetails off that. Um, so, uh, real quick to wind it up. Sure. So I, so the guy that came up with this, uh, and his right hand man sold the idea to uh, Automatic Retailers Association or Aramark. They're the white trucks you see driving around yeah. town. Oh, yeah. Yep. So that that was the parent company that then Aramark. All our mark, I think, is the true pronunciation. But, but they of it. do food service. Yep, right. Because that that derives from the Automatic Retailers Association of America, right. and it was a couple of guys buying up um, all these vending businesses around the country. And in, in fact, at one point, they they were uh, uh, viewed as having a monopoly. They got in trouble. Hmm. So this the the Moldorama was a subsidiary, and I hope I haven't said too many things I shouldn't have said. But I looked up the guy, the guy who invented this, who then sold his idea to the company that made Moldorama. I found his daughter before she passed away, and I had some great exchanges of information, and uh, hopefully someday I'll get to share that. Um, there's a couple other people researching it, and I have a friend, but again, we have to be respectful of all parties involved before we can put that out there. So I got my machine in i don't know like 2007 and it took me many years to slowly piece it together and it's my most cherished piece mark when did you buy the tron for me uh that would have been uh 2000 and i think 2014 13 somewhere in there when i met billy for the first time it would have been at least seven years after you had the machine yeah and i I don't know if it's on my website, but it showed up, and and I didn't find out till later on. It had been stored in Michigan uh, since the '70s, and uh, it even went through a flood or two. So when I opened the hydraulic unit, oil and water, I opened mm. it up, and I'm like, "Why is it? Does this condensate this much?" And I'm like, I "Found out later it was in a flood." But again, uh, and it's right it's, behind you, and it's gorgeous. It's right it is yep. the most beautiful, glorious machine. With that bubble top, oh, so yeah. awesome! Well, it, when I did re- when I did when I did research for this uh, billboard, you mentioned billboard earlier, one of you, and billboard up until 1960s, you could rip them in half. They had music in the front, coin op in the back, and in the early 60s, they spun off uh, to amusement business. And so I bought like as many as I could find from 1960 till the 70s and just find any information. But what was cool about reading about it, microwaves were new, yeah. HID lighting was new, plastics were new, ice rink refrigeration, all these things that we would later learn, like uh, HID lighting tends to wear out plastic furniture, you know, mm-hmm. but it was new. Right. We have microwaves in our home, so. By the way, uh, I want this, this also is part of my question. Uh, these say, on the Moldorama, that you could make your own toys out of plastic. Mm-hmm. This is like a waxy plastic. Uh, I, I think I can say this much. 
Um, there are two versions. Okay. Uh, if you get something from the 60s, there are ones that if you scratch them, they're very similar to like a Crayola crayon. Yeah. That had to do with an affiliation with Sinclair predominantly through the 64-65 World's Fair. Okay. All the other ones like you have with your elephant and your other ones, you can scratch them, but they're, you know, they're pretty hard. Like if you if you crush it it'll it'll break. Right. But so, the, I remember the one the purple one from Como that I had, he was very very malleable. You could scratch him. Yeah. Uh, they could have run some old wax. Yeah. Uh, depending on the era, yeah. Uh, the Minnesota operator was willing to do a lot of different things. Well, so was it wax or it wasn't plastic? Uh, no, it's a low-grade polyethylene. Okay. I believe everyone knows that. If my Paul, if my friend Paul's watching this, I'm sorry, Paul. But I believe <laughs> people know that. It's, it's not a wax. It's just a very low-grade. And I'm not a chemist either, so uh, it's a low-grade... Um, plastic but it's cool i mean it's like a very very unique thing and you're never going to find it anywhere else there's nobody no, no nobody's gonna be making moldoramas besides the people that are operating them today right, right. i mean they're just the a special special thing the machine yeah. the machine is so multifaceted uh you actually have molten plastic in it yeah. and when you insert your coin it takes oh and I, I I got some sample stuff here for you so uh, so here's a mold here's a mold right here ah it's this a pig mold. oh and so you see these holes in the top here with the hoses coming out that's the ejection part right uh, actually this is for chilling this this is aluminum oh okay so when you're looking at the mold on the machine and you see two hoses in here what they're doing is they're chilling this so when it makes your piggy and it comes out it's less less hot. Because you're injecting molten plastic in here. And that's why there's a little dwell time before it opens up. Um, secondly, one of the things that makes Moldorama so special, here's a piggy cut in half. Um, that's the inside of your piggy. Um, when you... Uh, okay, I see it. So when you... Uh, whoa. Uh -huh. the, plastic, the plastic goes in here. Yep. And then it blows some air in there to hollow it out. And what's ever used over goes back into it. That's why you get some of these impurities on some of them. Uh, depends on many things. The temperature of the plastic, the temperature of the molds, all that stuff. If it's winter at the Como Zoo, you're going to get a different look? Is that what's going to... No, in Minnesota, they're indoors. Uh, oh, they were. Yeah. Um, that one that Adam has, I don't know that that would have come from Como. Uh, where did you get that one from? Yeah, I, I don't... It says... Lincoln, Lincoln Park, Park Zoo. Zoo. Yeah, they, oh. uh, they pulled those recently, but yeah, that was out there for a number of years. Um, this one came be... from Billy Seven. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. So I talked a lot there, and I saw the messages. So <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, Tim Tim no. has a deadline, but that doesn't mean we can't keep going for a little while. But uh, we want to. We, we don't want to keep you either. So, Tim, do you have any parting questions? I think you're muted. Sorry about that. Um, no, I hate to cut out on everybody, but uh, work comes real early in the morning around here. So, 
No, I got my questions answered. It was nice meeting you. Um, and you as well. Thank you. for everything, guys. I, well, I appreciate you having me on here. It's been fun. We want to have you on again. I think it would, I mean, it's, it's fun. If, if one of us isn't here, you should just fill in for us. Just let me know when and where. All right. That sounds Thank good, you, buddy. Sir. But I'm going to tell everybody good night. Um, people in the chat, uh, I'll, I didn't get a chance to chat with you a whole lot. I was trying not to, to bang on the keyboard and disrupt <laughs> the entire show because my keyboard's extremely loud. <laughs> but thanks for having me on the show. Nice meeting you. And I had a lot of fun tonight, guys. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Anytime, they, thank Jim. you for your gaming skills, too, eh? <laughs> yeah, you're okay. Now I'm <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> if anybody's got any questions for me that uh, I didn't get answered, uh, I put my my Twitter out there in the in the channel Sprinter Forty One. So shoot me a message and I can I can hit you back on there and give you an answer if you got any is, questions. Is it Forty One? You put Sprinter Four Six One. Hey, real oh, yeah. briefly, uh, Tim, uh, uh, Don Bluth did the artwork for Man vs. Snake, right? Yes. Uh, really. Tur- Turns out he's the poster the uh, the Kickstarter poster. Yeah, really? it's really cool. I didn't hear that. That's very cool. And I remember seeing the poster going, "That looks a lot like Don Bluthart." And then I look, and he signed it, and it's like, "Oh, that is Don yeah. Bluthart." But so he has a pretty work, distinctive. Did you work directly with him, or how did that come up? I never heard that. I I didn't myself. Um, the two guys that were doing the the film, it was uh, their editors. They worked on Battlestar Galactica together, mm. and they were looking for something to give away for Kickstarter to, you know, to help try to draw backers in to, to get the film finished. And I'm not sure how they were connected, but somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody, you know, they, they put A and B together there. And the next thing I know, I've got some Don Bluth artwork hanging on the wall in the living room and he did my poster and it just, wow. it blew me away. Well, the cool, really awesome. cool thing is he started an online university, uh, Don Bluth university and Lily was, uh, Christine's, 20 year old was accepted into the program oh, wow. uh, second well, class ever in the Don Bluthy university. This and, is recently. Yeah. And she's going to be studying uh, animation under the Don Bluth university. So that's pretty sweet. I know I've done a lot of bragging, but is what we're talking there. There's the dragon slayer. Yeah. Oh, that's lucky. what I'm talking all, about. All original hardware, right? Laser disc and all. Yes. And, and I do thank you to the man that made it. I do have the, uh, yeah, Dexter. Nice, oh, nice. But but until until all Fails. no longer can be made work, right? Yeah, it's, run. it's honorable still. Love it. Anyway, Love it. sorry, I didn't mean. Anyway, to Tim. What my point is is next time you come back, we'll get Don Bluth on the show. <laughs> that would be cool. Oh my god! I actually met him. Yeah. Um, when I got the billion points, about two months later, we went to AMOA in Chicago, and Don was there promoting Space Ace. Nice. And I actually met him. And, you know, this was before he did all the movies and stuff, right, right, earlier, right. at least to, to my knowledge. Maybe, so maybe Secret of Men. After that, and everything kind of came full circle. You know, the score happened back then. I met him. They did the doc. He did the poster. It was like yeah. weird stuff. That's so cool. Well, I'm, I'm actually semi-serious about that because I already reached out to his people and his people got back to me and said they didn't say no. They just said he's busy awesome right now. To get talked to him so, again after all these years. Yeah, would it be great? Uh, so now I got an in because I got Christine's daughter Lily, who's sort of like a you know stepdaughter of mine, kind of sort of. So anyway, I was it'd be really fun if we could kind of, and then we got to have one of the creators of the game on too. I think it'd be fun too. So yeah, we need to work on that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'll, you get I'll some see sleep. What I can do on my side. We'll just put up a Skype logo, and you take care. Okay. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Good night. Thank you for your service. <laughs> it's been good talking to you. Yeah. <laughs>
Uh, Brian, uh, that was Timmy. Well, Brian's not a quitter. No, Brian's in. <laughs> and now we just have a nice freeze frame of him smiling. I'm going to leave that there. No, the game's still moving. <laughs> no, of, of Tim. Oh, oh yeah. I see. Yeah, it went black for me, but I see. Oh, I, it's, I'm just going to leave it on OBS. It's okay, a great good. picture. I like it. So, uh, all right, uh, Mark, let's pick a couple more of these. You know, pick his brain a little bit more and let everybody go. Tab. Okay, so let me see. What question did I have? Now? Like, you know, what, you know we know about your wide taste in music, Anthrax, Prince, Journey. Can you give us like your top five jukebox picks? There we go. Uh, great, yeah, yeah. great topic. Pac-Man Fever. Oh, oh, oh my God! I saw that a picture of that. Uh, Billy, I don't know if you know, but we had Jerry Buckner on the show. Yeah. I know. I, I was. I listened. I so, was, oh. Yeah, oh. the guy that had the title strip, we, I was bugging him to get him to scan it, too. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, right? What happened to that? That's I don't know. We have a couple things that we said we were going to do, and we have not. So I need to, like, we follow, follow up. up the, yeah, we need to follow is that, up. Some... Is that you that has the title strip? Mm-mm. No. Not, not Adam, but the other dude. No, I, I don't get your name. I'm sorry. Mark. Mark, no, Mark Shields. Mark. Time runner. Because there's somebody, there's somebody out there on Facebook with it. Yeah. Oh. Was it? Uh, who was it that had that? And uh, they pro- they promised to scan it because oh, it's got it's got the artwork of uh, yeah of Pac Man and the cool. ghosts on it. Okay, so that is really interesting to me. How did you come upon that single as a kid? Mm, Radio. It, it was everywhere. Yeah. 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 Nineteen eighty two. It was Roller number two. Skating ring. Okay. Yeah. I, I was yeah. stuck in a car with my dad driving to the World's Fair. And- <laughs> Are you serious? Oh my god. That'd be a great. That'd be a great story. Uh, I have a friend that has the same story. He and his parents were on a, a trip, and they heard it on the radio. They got to the hotel, and there was a Pac-Man there, and they had never uh, seen it before, and they oh, played man. it for the first time. His parents did too. Wow, Patrick! Shout out to Patrick. That is awesome. Okay, all right. That's number one. What's your next four top jukebox picks for gaming? Uh, you know, really, it isn't. But I just have to say, jukebox hero. Ah, that's a good. That's oh, a good I one. Love that song. It is, but it's not mine. But I just had to say it. Jukebox hero. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was good. Uh, was it Tim though that said this? I do have sweet Lily Will- little Willie in my juke. Sweet little Tim Willie. Mark? Oh, that's no. Cool. That would have been Tim. Yeah. Okay. Um, I need a juke. You don't have one? Uh, no, but I mean, I I know the juke I need to buy because it's in Loose Cafe and Back to the Future. It's a long story. Oh, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're replicating one. So you have Pac-Man Fever, uh, Jukebox uh, Hero. You know, you know, here's a classic. I love Suspicious Minds by Elvis Presley. And you would play that when you're gaming? Yep. You know what's funny? It yeah, probably yeah, was in a jukebox when we were kids because... They used to put stuff in for our parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because where we were, the games were new, and even parents were interested in them. Yeah. Heck, a Ruth Chris would have had a pinball machine or a video game. Right. You know? So. It's funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're caught in a trap. Classic. <laughs> and, okay, uh, so that's I, four. I love I love music so much. I'm just trying to think of what I plug in fairly often in mine. Uh, I have one on one by Hall and Oates. Anything Hall and Oates. Oh man. my God! You just made any Hall and Oates. One, Hall, dude, Kindred Spirits. I, Amen, brother. I saw uh, Hall and Oates live uh, recently. Well, yeah, they were here with Tears for Fears two years I'm ago. So lucky. But 
I gotta he tell is. you, I'm not laughing. I'm just I'm agreeing. Yeah. Yeah. But I gotta tell you, I actually was, I was more impressed with Tears for Fears than I was with Hollow Notes, and here's why. And they were the opener. Tears for Fears was, but Hollow Notes, Daryl Hall loves to just riff. He just yeah. live. He his all their songs end up being like twelve minutes long. It's like Freebird every song. Which wow. did you have you ever seen Depeche Mode? Yeah, I saw them at State <laughs> Fair actually. Stay, oh, I saw them State Fair too. Yeah, recently, like in like a few years ago. Six years ago. Yeah, Five. dude, you, were you, I was there too. Yeah, we were there together. Which seat number? <laughs> That's uh, actually where right. I met Christine. Uh, was that that kind of? Did, thing? I, did I acknowledge you when you were there, or did we just not talk about it? What's that? I don't think we told each other. I don't think we've ever had this moment. No, we have a new moment. How weird. Okay, I'll talk about it next Yeah, we could talk about off the air. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm coming into Minnesota next week, actually, July 4th to the 8th. Yeah, you should come visit my arcade. Well, I will, yeah. We should do a tour and go to Billy's arcade. Heck yeah. I actually have aisles. Sweet. So we can squeeze in Yeah, my friends that are watching are killing me. Yeah. Uh, or, or sending death rays at me because this is a 10-year project and I've collected CRTs, boards, projection monitor parts, all these things, and now they're all getting taken and, and indexed yeah. for my use. And uh, so I really haven't ever had an open house. I've had people over, but uh, I really, in the quite near future, need to just have that day where the close friends, just the doors are open and come on over. By the way, if you're anybody in in the five state area or anywhere in the country would like to come to Paradise Arcade Swap Meet, which is coming up soon. Oh yeah. Uh, Thank you, Brian. Yep. Uh, we got to say, Billy is a huge contributor. I bought several things from him last year. Uh huh. So, I took some of your stuff home too. Yeah, and I have, uh, I still have those magazines and stuff that I got. Uh, oh yeah, so I might have some more. It's pretty cool stuff. All right, so uh, back on track. Yes. Do we go through the five? I don't know, but the one I want that I don't have yeah. is Duran Duran, the chauffeur. The chauffeur. Oh. Uh, that's Adam's gonna look that one up for sure. I think I might. You'll okay, know it. You'll so it's Duran Duran. I, what, why wouldn't I have this song? I'm, it's on Rio. Then I have it. Wow. Is it a single? Uh, I don't know, but I, I should look someday. I just put a bunch of 45s in the jukes that I had. Again, I collected boxes of 45s from the MoMA auctions and stuff. And when I finally got my juke, I threw a bunch in there, printed labels out. And then over the years, as I find something, I'll take one out and add one in. And I, I'm a bottom feeder, feeder collector. I don't have any a-list 90s williams <laughs> games i'm sorry uh i i like unique pieces and i won't spend a lot of money on them not that there's anything wrong put leds in your game i won't <laughs> I like i like incandescent lights we all make the hobby up if somebody doesn't part something out i can't restore one of the junk games i bought so right. again we make the hobby up i love it all well that's the thing is you i love that you said you put incandescents in i mean for me uh, we had this discussion with Todd Tucky, uh, first season, and he's like, everybody loves the LEDs. I'm like, not me. If if the game had incandescence, like for it, okay, here's one of okay. my biggest pet peeves, and I'm probably going to Are you talking off. about pins or something? Or? Yeah, pins. So here's one of the things that's going to really piss people off. I, I freaking hate it when you take an Adams Family and you LED the crap out of it. 
It just it was never designed to look that way. Uh, I I will say though, uh, I don't remember if it's coin tape. Probably all of them. Yeah. Um, the yeah. biggest problem was the early LEDs. There was no uh, really good color rendering for different colors. For warm white, oh, yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. and the diffusion. So you'd get these lights under like uh, op- like in Monster Bash, like something under an opaque blue or something, and you're like, oh, did I just get lasered in the eye? Yeah. I think there's a there's a good mix. And people in Todd, I, I've seen some of his videos that are really, really well done. But to your point, uh, I have ambient lighting, uh, intentionally uh, sconces on the wall. So when you turn the games on, you've got the uh, old disco light lab going. Um, You create a space. And, yeah, I have some friends that are like, this is garbage because I can't play it because I can't see it. (laughs) And uh, so be it. We each have our own idea. (laughs) Right. Well, and I I think that there's places for LEDs. I really appreciate... uh, Good placement of LEDs. So, like my Xenon, the the uh, oh the, favorite pinball of all time. Mine too. Yes. Anyway, so underneath the the playfield, it's all LEDs, and they're all like really nice, high quality. They don't flicker. And then wherever there is supposed to be incandescent viewable, that's what you see. But anywhere I can tuck an LED in and brighten the table, that's what I do. What about the bottom amber? Because those are in the xen- the two xenons. That can I have to pull my incandescence out just so you can play and see the game. Yeah. Now, I actually do have one modification. Ballets are notorious for having a dark spot in the middle of the table. So I put two spots, and it shines, cool. shines right on hmm. her. So. That's cool. But that's probably the – and they're warm white spots, but – you know, you could probably get Suzanne Chiani on here because she came to Pinball Expo one year. Yeah. And I got to visit with her, and she is such a nice person. Yeah, she um, seems she like would, she'd be a great Yes. Person. I bet you she'd come on here and chat with you. That'd be fantastic. Well, I would think it would be outstanding if I could get her on the show one mm-hmm. day. Nice. Hey, I have a quick question. Yeah. Uh, we've talked a lot about jukes. Do you own a juke? Uh, yes, I have an, M, uh, an NSM240. Uh, it came along with a Galaxian that my oh, brother wow. brother knew somebody at his work looking to get rid of them. They were both broken, and I have both of them. But look up an NSM 240, and the uh, plate where the keys are, the uh, keypad, it's totally Tron, and it has uh, three distinct channels. So there's two towers of speakers left and right. And the Ooh. subs in the center, so it flickers. So, like, if you play like Herb Alpert's Spanish Flea, you get a great light show. Oh, that is awesome looking. So, yeah, I love it. I just happened to do it. I just so it, it fit. Nice. Mine is a Rockola 460, and it looks like a spaceship. Ooh, uh, I have nice. to look. Is Rockola that the one that, that they. No, is that the one that looks kind of like almost, if you look at it from the side, it's circular? No, this the, one's got a, it's a wedge shape on the top. Uh, and they made, uh, I can't remember what the model number is for the year, but like 455. The 455 is pink and blue with circles. This one has almost like an Atari logo look to it. Uh, but the Rockola 460. I'm looking uh, it up. Yeah. They had one of these at uh, Shoba's Pizza in St. Paul. Oh, God. Yeah. I love. You know, real quick, as yep. a side note. That's the single more. This game place has put a strain 
on the relationship with the wife at times <laughs> and maybe still right now but uh she be long before five nights at freddy's yeah hated yeah. him and we used to go back in the around 2000 because of circus pizzas yep. uh triple a okay. bought out the show business um we literally had like seven shows in 2000 or 2001 and i won't say fully running and then they uh there was a a break with the triple a people and one was left running in st louis park as carnival right near the uh theater that has the food so for one year we had a carnival pizza with the last rock fire show in minnesota Gross. And i got i got a phone call uh this wasn't too long after i got married at like 11 in the morning in the morning they had closed on like friday or saturday and they had a live auction for the equipment and i heard that it was not only the show there but like two in storage and parts and we're talking somewhere around a thousand bucks give or take and i could not go because my wife we went we couldn't even have tickle me elmo <laughs> so so my game room actually right. if you look up here see it's painted in yellow orange red and brown and here's where i drove myself nuts if you look that way every surface so that's a soffit up there is yeah. yellow and if you look this way, everything's red, everything's brown. Uh, I'm foolish. I should have never been able to do this. That's my homage. <laughs> but it's so cool, man. So uh, just as a side note, Brian Jones posted um, a photo of the Disneyland uh, Moldorama. Uh, yes. And the Disney. Go ahead. So I just posted it in the Facebook uh, page for Arcade Radio if people want to look at it. The so. Disneyland Moldorama came about um, as a rebranding, and you'll notice there is no Moldorama name right. on just, there. It says the Disneyland Toy Factory. Exactly. And that was um, uh, – it's a Moldorama machine. It's rebranded, and I'm going to leave it at that because, yeah. again, there are some things at the moment that uh, I should not share unless I talk to other people. <laughs> right, right, right. I like it. All right. Well, I think uh, if you, Brian, uh, or Brian, Brian is not here. Oh yeah, we were talking. Those are tapes. Those are the tapes. Go Real quick. The- Amazing. So uh, you asked or mentioned about it, and uh, I remember them um, uh, at Holiday Village North is where I remember sitting in one. Yes. And uh, these showed up on Craigslist in Minnesota. It's on my website. Uh, I actually worked for a company that had a water park built by Tivoli Two. Where you know all the Charlie Brown statues and stuff in town, yeah. so they were they worked with my company to make a water park. The only time they ever did it, I'd call them up. They hated hearing from me because it was all custom, and so I was on hold waiting to talk to one of them, and I'd never done Craigslist free before, never. So guys at work would call me up about pinball machines and this and that. So I'm sitting at my desk and I'm like. Oh, I'll be here a while because I know they're not taking my phone call. With all due respect, guys. Yeah. And uh, so I'm looking through Craigslist and I see uh, some about cartoon theater, uh, children's theater. And I'm thinking children's theater, the you know the tickets we have at children's theater locally. And I zoom by it and I'm like, wait a minute. And I go back and I look at the photo and I'm like, oh my god, because I tried to buy one off of eBay in the early 2000s and shipping. There is no, there was no fast, no, there was no nothing, and these things are albatrosses. Right, so huge. I, yep. So I called the number on the ad. She said, uh, "You better get over here right away. There's like ten of them. 
it's first come, first serve. Whoever puts a name on it can't take it today. The garage door is broken. We'll have it fixed tomorrow. You come and get them tomorrow. And uh, so I literally had some keys that I could not take home with me. I ran out of the, the, our department and I threw them at someone saying, lock these up for me. I got in my car and started driving, realizing I don't know where I'm going. I thought I did. So I drive to where I think I'm going. I pull over and I'm over off of, uh, um, shoot, the parkway. Anyway, it doesn't matter too many details. So I pull <laughs> off, call someone up. I'm like, get on MapQuest. Tell me where this address is. I start driving again, thinking towards like Robbinsdale Crystal. And it turns out I had parked across the street from the home. So I had to drive back there, get there, and like every booth had a name on it already but one. So I put my name on it, and I am just beside myself because these are so cool. Yeah. And one guy's going, where's the flat screens? <laughs> I mean, and this is like 2007 or nine. Oh, no. So I show up the next day. Right away, they got the garage door fixed. I took a booth. They, I, they, I was so excited. They found some paperwork. They, they, they were like, you're the only guy that knows what these are. So they kind of helped me out. I helped somebody else load one, knowing full well they told me they were going to put it in their backyard as a playoffs for kids, and they're made out of sawdust boards. So the yeah. first time it rained, that one's gone. And now, if anyone's interested in one, my friend Marty That's from Marty's, Mar- Marty's Marty Arcade. Has them. Yep, Marty's Arcade okay. at AOL.com because people ask us all the time. Where's he at? Uh, Minneapolis. He's in Minneapolis. Okay. He's got a couple of booths left. Brian got one of his. Yeah. He uh-huh. put the cup head in. Yep. So he does have a few left. Uh, but anyway, that's how I got my booth. I brought it home. I restored it. And these are how they work. It's an 8-track of film. Mm-hmm. It's an endless loop cartridge on a Super 8 projector with sound. And so basically the film gets pulled onto the outside like an A-track, drawn onto the inside, pulled under into the mechanism, goes across the head. And then when you get to the end, I don't know if you can see this here, there's a film and then a leader. Uh, You do a little trimming there. There's a little switch, and it knows your cartoon is over. So you put another cartoon in, it runs for that length of time, and it stops. So you'd mentioned Kitty Rama. I wanted to show you that's That's how they work. That's pretty sweet. Love it. So Super 8 sound film. Uh, Moldorama. Uh, <laughs> wow. Brian Brian Jones says, I need a tape so bad. You need to talk to Brian. Does Brian not have it? Any do, do you, Brian, do you have a machine? I he see does. it. Yeah. He, what, what, what do it, you have? Uh, he just, I don't does know. Do you have a Kitty Rama? Brian, just a... let us know and hit up Billy7 on Facebook. He's Billy7. Billy Billy7 on Facebook, on the web, Billy7. Yeah, he uh, has a machine, apparently. So. Yeah, but there are different ones uh, with different uh, players. There's a mini Rama, all these yeah. different ones. Right. Uh, I I can get you information. I can get you help. Uh, uh, yeah, I have a kitty so Rama like you. The thing yeah. I like about this episode is we talk about arcade games and we've had world record holders on and all this stuff. But the cool thing is, is tonight we have for the first time had coin up stuff that we have not ever talked about in any way, shape or form, both Kitty Rama and Moldorama. And that is fantastic. Well, I'd love it. Lots of Ramas. It is a lot of Ramas. It's a, we're going to have another episode. It's going to be called the Billy Rama. Oh, wow. Biorhythms. Oh, I I remember that. Yes, the Biorhythms. I remember that stuff. 
So we gotta we have have to can we have a part two with you, Billy? Because uh, you know I, I again you got me on a good I couldn't you 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 got me this morning and I'm like what part yeah. of my language for the first time what the hell do they want to talk to me about? No, here's me the thing. Heads? Here's the thing, and and you can say no anytime, but you can say yes anytime too. So I will ask you repeatedly to come on the show, and you can just say yes whenever you want to. Today, have, by the way, I gotta say thank thank yeah. you for. Showing up on such short notice. Thank, Thank you. you for having me. Yeah. And actually, you know what? I've practiced this all week, or since this morning. <laughs> Tune in next week to Arcade Radio. Yeah! I'm going to totally use that clip. I'm totally going to use it. All right, so uh, let's wrap this up. Billy, stay with us until the end of the show. Until after we're done with the outro, we'll have a little wind down with you. Thanks for listening in tonight, you guys. This has been a very fun episode. Uh, Mark, it's about time that we wrap this thing up. We're going to have to trade off these lines. I don't know if we can do it. I know. Sure. You just do one. I'll do one. (sighs) All right. Here we go. Well, that's going to be it for tonight. Thanks for listening in on the double R's. That's the Arcade Radio. Like us on Facebook.com slash Arcade Radio or check out our semi-regularly updated blog at ArcadeRadio.com. That's R-C-A-D-E Radio.com. Call and leave comments on the question and game line. That's 612 548 game or 4263. Tune into the best podcast about arcade on YouTube. Arcade Radio. There you go. Follow us on the Twitter for updates on our latest shenanigans. I like, so the old people say the Twitter, the Facebook. Yeah, that's why I say it. Yeah, it's like, you know, you know. You can also subscribe to us on Anchor FM, iTunes, Google Play. Oh, and incidentally, we just added Spotify and iHeartRadio. Classy. Yeah. Dang, is that going to be it for our show? I think so. From the Arcade Radio team, we hope you had a great time, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. This is the time that our pants come off. This is where we get comfortable. Whoa. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're still wearing... You can't see us from the top, you know, from the midsection. I actually have a light. Yeah. You do? Yeah, you do. You have the crotch light. Yeah, you do. It's, it's a like crotch Dracula. light. Next week, I'm going to have a crotch light. You watch. So my shirt gets adequately lit. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs>